The other, the yo, 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 yo. Hey, we on, man. We on. Yo, yo. Mike check one, two, one, two. Mike check one, two, one, two. This is Cup of Joe with Dre. I'm your co host, Dre E. I got a spe- very special person in the building. But, of course, first and foremost, my co host, Joe. My co host, Joe. What up, man? What's it, what's it feeling like? Man, I got to use some big words for today. Though. <laughs> I'm I'm elated. I'm elated. Okay. I could, I'm past excited. <laughs> okay. We got a special guest on here. My daughter, yeah, yeah, my yeah, brother. Man. Spe- special you know guest in the building, man. Yeah, it's a special guest. You know, like you look in the pack of Hershey's, you see Hershey's, and you see Special Dark. And you don't know how great Special Dark is until you taste it. I said, my boy's in the building. So I'm ecstatic. I feel it. Uh, yes, sir. Rejuvenated. Yes, sir. Exquisite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll think of some more words. I'll tell you later. But I'm on point, man. Yeah, that's good. You know, man. And also, we picked up a special spot, man. Tell oh, them, yeah, Drake. Yeah, man. Drake. <laughs> hey, man. I don't, I don't know where we at. I think 28, 29 countries now, something like that. But, but uh, well, who we pick up, Drake? South Africa in the building. I was like Babe Ruth when I called it. <laughs> I said, my people South Africa. I said, you've been. You did, you did say that. I, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. So South Africa in the building, man. Now, I just need Nigeria to come through. And hey, we're going to get them. Jamaica man. to come through. Going to send them a uh, hashtag, man. Yeah, man. Like, I ain't going to no more jerk wings. <laughs> Y'all keep BSing. Yeah, no, nah, nah, that's good, man. So you had a good week, man? Hey, it's here, this right? This week is fantastic. I had a good hey, week, man. man. My boy's that, here. That's what's up, man. Good to so, go, man. So Both yeah. of my brothers is here. We got special, another special guest in here. Shout yeah. out to you. Yeah, yeah. I'm in a, I'm in a fantastic mood. I'm, dip, I'm drinking kiwi apple or Red Bull. <laughs> this guy. Right my here. life is a, a rejuvenated, jovial. <laughs> Yo, so, yeah, man. Um, yeah, that's dope. So, special guest in the building, like we said, man. Um, so before I let Joe introduce him, I'm just gonna fa- I'm gonna say a few things about him myself, man. So. So me and my mans, man, we didn't, you know, we didn't really know each other like that in high school, man. But I tell you what, man, since um, as soon as he found out we had a podcast, it was just like it was it was a seamless, like it was just seamless, man. Just the just the bond, the relationship, man. Um, and like I said, we ain't all that close, um, you know, like me and Joe. But like I said, I mean, just the support, man. Every every Tuesday, man, the support, the support is effortless. He even gives us ideas for the podcast. We did a whole show on one of his ideas alone, man. Um, just love, man. Love and support from, like I said, that's Joe. Joe, that's Joe's man and shit. But, but for sure, for me, man. Um, for sure, my man's as well, man. Just because, just off of the strength of the love he shows me, man, on our podcast and on our platform. Um, it's shit that, like I said, some of my closest niggas don't even do for me on my shit, man. And. And my man's, he just came through and, you know, he blesses us every Tuesday, shares our shit, posts our shit, um, so pops up on the lives when he can, man. And we, we talk that shit together on there, too. So, Joe, introduce our brother, man. There's so many nicknames I could give right now. Dimp, Double D, D Capone. Hey. D Seagulls, I mean, there's so many <laughs> names I can give in here, man. My, my brother, yes, sir. my homie, yes, sir. Since like right, probably right after I met Dre. So I mean, since '95, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I have the privilege and honor to introduce my boy, 
Daniel Dempsey. Hey, so, so shout out to Daniel Dempsey. We got to get a clap with the clap. Absolutely, man. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. What's going on? Yeah, 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 Up man. Show with Dre World. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, boy, yes, sir. He he here. Here. <laughs> I be Dre. Dre, Dre. I might cuss the bottle on this one, y'all. Y'all just fucking your seatbelts. Hey, man. Hey, Daniel, what's up, man? How you doing, bro? Hey, man, I'm, I'm blessed, man. Just to be in this environment, man, to see you brothers work live, man. I, like you said, I'm always tuned in. Yes, sir. You know, like I said, I feel like you, you brothers are speaking something that's always on the back of my mind when I'm looking around. So just to be in this presence and, and see this in person and be a part of it, man. I'm, I'm honored that you fellas wanted me to come on here and tell my story. Absolutely, hey, man. Anybody that know me, hey, you know me, God's still working on me. I'm gonna talk my shit, and I'm gonna tell it like it is. Talk that shit. Talk that shit. My bills still paid. I'm gonna say this. There it is. There it is. Talk that shit. I kind of feel like when Swiss Beats had got DMX in the room, and then he got shy. Sheik, yeah, Sheik Luke. Yeah, he yeah, got yeah, Jada yeah. Kiss. Yeah, Styles P the Ghost. Styles P the Ghost, you know what I mean? I know how it felt now. He, had, he, he knew he was about to make his one. I got my nigga to my left and my nigga to my right. Hey, yeah, yes, yeah, sir, yes, yeah, sir. Hey, man. You already know, man. You already uh, know. Hey, man, I feel like, like my, my account just hit the direct deposit. You know what I mean? When you look at it and you see the direct deposit hit, that's how I feel right now, man. That's what, we up now, we up. Dude, you, you drove here from North Carolina. How was your ride, man? Oh, it was beautiful, man. We got gas out on the southeast now. You know, the truckers is coming through. <laughs> we ain't stuck in the house, you know? Hey, that's what's up. Here. I forgot y'all had that gas shortage out there. It's a great weekend, man. I got, my, I got my nephew about to graduate. Tomorrow. Oh, that's what's up, man. Congratulations to him. Congratulations. Football scholarship to uh, North Texas, right there in Denton. So, that's what's up, that's man. my ace. I love all of them, but this nephew, this is my ace. So oh, that's what's up, man. New when he got ready to walk, COVID, hurricane, tornado, uncle gonna be there, man. That's, that's why I like up. you, man. You point out the favorite. See, people be like, hey, man, I love all my kids and say, nah, not all of them. Come on, there's one of them that piss you off. They all can't be your favorite. I like that. Hey, man, but yeah, man, I'm glad I got my brothers in here. You know what, hey, man? man. Let me ask Dre about his day. You know what he has about my day. Ask about you, Dre. How are you doing? Hey, today, shit, brother? man, I'm blessed, man. I can't, I can't complain. Like you said, man, Dimp in the building, man. So this is, this has been a long time coming, man. So we appreciate you being here, man. The week was good though, bro. Um, I've been out of school. I'll start back school next uh, Tuesday. Some shit. I don't know. It don't even matter, bro. But um, I've just been enjoying my last couple of weeks, man. Um, just living life, man. Shit, life is good, man. Life is great, actually, man. I can't even. I can't even lie to you. If y'all can see Dre right now, he, <laughs> I, I'm getting Phil Jackson vibes. He's about to run the triangle offense on hey, us. Man, man. We he about to mastermind this hey, triangle man, offense. We about to do what we do, man. In the building, man. I'm juiced <laughs> up, man. Yeah. I, I can't even blame it on the Red Bull right now, you know, which they do have a kiwi flavor. It's delicious, you know. Yeah. Before we go, man, I got to oh, say this. I got to say this because for those that can't see this, <laughs> Beautiful offense coming together right now. We got a theme going. You know, you can't see my brother Joe. He rocking the black and camouflage. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I just happened to pull up in the black and camouflage. Yes, sir. And me, me and Drake got the J's going, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Hey, hey. We, we in sync over here. We in sync. Hey, hey. Now, y'all see, you just ruined it. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. These, these. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we're, we're recording from the Batcave, and these disrespectful Negroes, they came in here jade up, you know what hey, I mean? Like, it, it, 
First of all, it's one thing when you come in here, J Dub, but you, when you come in, J Dub, like you signed to him, like you endorsed Bob. You know, it's real disrespectful. Hey man, I live in Charlotte. My man is yeah, in yeah, yeah, no Here's doubt, that. no doubt. I don't get my shoes for foot. Like I actually buy my J from the arena. Man. Hey, there you go, man. man. So, hey, my man, give me a discount. Hey, there you go, there you go, man. Look at these guys, man. Already. Anyways, man, enough about that. Drake. What up, man? What up, man? We got a special guest here today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Reason why, man, I knew it was this episode. I didn't think this episode was gonna come so quick, yeah, but I yeah. knew the episode was gonna happen. Yeah. I said, ever since I known Dip, he's always been a character. He's always had like a story. He's always got like this arch and like, and now even more full circle. Just like I knew it would be something that it would be good for the listeners to talk about. I've been excited to talk about it all week. Yeah. I'm just glad it's finally here. Yeah, yes, sir. And my boy Dre in the building, man. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I don't know. It feels like you're at Chick- I feel like I'm at Chick-fil-A right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're at Chick-fil-A, you know you get good quality service. You're going to get a good product. I say that. Absolutely. And Dre and, and Dip in the building. It's going to be some good quality product we're about to produce. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, go, go, go ahead and answer, dog. No, we ain't. Look, people even calling me. People trying to get the inside view of what's going on. I'm like, give it to them. Give it to them. They got to wait. Trying to get over yes, it. Yes, sir. So, got the hottest seat in town, man. Drake's in where I'm at. Drake mm-hmm. was telling the story about how that I don't remember how our first time linked up, but I will tell a story about this because I laugh when I think about this story. So. Look, he trying to figure out what story, because we got plenty of stories. But let me tell you a story, and he not going to remember this one, but I remember this one. I like to test people, right? When I was younger, one thing I always do was I would try to wrestle people. And so I was I was trying to wrestle Dimp. And he didn't know I was trying to wrestle. But I was trying to wrestle Dimp. And, and so I was trying to get leverage on Dimp. So when I came in, Dimp used the wall, and I pushed Dimp to the wall, and I tried to get Dimp's legs to pick him up and slam him, and then Dimp got me in a headlock. I ain't never been put in a headlock before. <laughs> but my man put me in a headlock, and, and, and as I tried to pick him up, he kept leaning back to put me in his headlock. And, and, and I started getting exhausted, and I was like, hold on, Dimp, hold on, hold on, hold on. And he was like, I wasn't used to anybody pushing back on me. <laughs> and, and, and before I knew about tapping, I was like, hey, dude, I'm tired, man. I got to stop, man. And, and then Dim started laughing. He's like, yeah, you didn't know I wrestled. I said, man, I wasn't ready. <laughs> you should have told me. I he wasn't came ready. Said, yeah, man, my man put me in the headlock. And, and we're against this wall. He, he, like, he didn't let go. And I couldn't pick him up because Dim was so much taller than me. I couldn't pick him up. Oh, man. Was, uh, that, nigga, catches, man. That, that nigga tapping out already, <laughs> huh? The best of my record up here. I, I will say that um, <laughs> yeah. for those who don't know me, I stand a solid six foot four, two fifty. Oh, but in man. those days, uh, you know, prior to the growth spurt, I was one of the little guys in the house. And for many that haven't seen, well, Joe, you've seen my sisters. Yeah. Both my sisters are over six feet. One is six Shoot. three, the other is six one. My brother's right at six feet. My baby brother, JoJo, you know, he the runner of the litter. So, yeah, I, I grew up learning how to, you know, get my leverage right. So yeah, then when yeah. the height came in, I was like the blessing in disguise. I knew how to work with the tools. <laughs> yeah, man, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, you know, hit my boy against the ropes there. I was, 
you know, I was like, this is gonna be too long. I can't, I can't, I can't wrestle with this guy all day. But yeah. This, Dre making a face, man. We got some water. Hey, man. I have to apologize. I, I, I was trying to read. I was trying to read about it, dog. This water tastes, uh, tastes like purified hose water to me. My boy, I, he asked me what I wanted when I came. I was like, I don't need nothing special, just some, some good H2O. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, when I tell you that I'm pretty sure that this bottle came straight from France, <laughs> even yeah, it though it came like out it, of a creek in France, hey. but they drink this. They labeled it beautifully. Hey, man, if it, if it came from France, you know it's a lock creek. You got to put the lock on it, man. It's a French. <laughs> this nigga <is> crazy. <laughs> It, it, it don't taste that bad though. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, see, Dre. Uh, see, here's the thing. If it tastes, if it tastes funny, that means it's more exquisite. Dre's got a exquisite taste, you know. Yeah, you know, I'm street hog. Uh, Dre was in Vegas. <laughs> well, this is, uh, Garden Hose 06. <laughs> the finest blend. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, you know. <laughs> We're going to get into your story, but yeah, you're a man well traveled. How many cities or states or even countries I think you wow, lived in? Because your pops been in the military like me and Dre's and everything. Like, where all was you at? Yeah, um, for me, you know, when I moved away from Colleen, like living in Charlotte, I tell a lot of people, you know, my childhood, I tell them I lived in places that a lot of people pay now for vacation. You know, being a military brat, you know, both my parents retired military. Um, you know, I was born in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Shout out Vietnam, J. Cole. Yes, sir. Finest, how we do. Yes, sir. Oh, but, uh, yeah, man, I've, I've lived, you know, obviously North Carolina's home state. You know, Texas, Louisiana, Fort Polk. Some of us was there. We know that one. Um, I went to junior high and first part of high school in Hawaii. Um, Oklahoma, um, Germany, or well, West Germany at that time when they had the wild, yeah, yeah, the yeah. wall fill up, wild flicking to be exact. Um, Italy, Spain. Yeah, I've, 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 uh, that's, I've been, that's that's part of me even getting out on my own, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving around Atlanta and every hot Atlanta, should I say? Yeah. Know, during the Freaknik years. So. <laughs> hey. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Every hey. world travel before I even. Had my own money to world travel, so yeah. yeah that's dope, man. So, what's your favorite place you've been to, man? Um, favorite place that I've been to, out of all of them, I would definitely say uh, probably Spain. Okay. Because I've I've always been into um ever since I've been a kid I've been drawing and whatnot and I've always been into architecture. Okay. And just to be able to turn around and like what you see out yeah. there, just the way things are designed yeah. and cobblestone and all that, it, it's truly beautiful. It is. And it's not saying that America not, you know, I can't, can't shit on where we live. I mean, it is what it is, but <laughs> when you see some of the stuff that they built yeah. hundreds of years yeah, ago, yeah. that's still standing, standing tall yep. and still beautiful. Beautiful, like, yeah. It's like, you know, we got, we got houses over here that's $500,000 before you move in. It, yeah. Look like shit two years yeah, later. Yeah, the no grass doubt. got weeds. Yeah, they no got doubt. a place over there that's beautiful. So yeah, yeah probably like Spain would be the yeah, one. Yeah, it, I'm like, yeah, yeah man, it's that that is definitely that's dope. Place. That's dope. We're gonna race through your your life really quickly, but a story you brought to my head about us. So as as many of us know, I was a uh, childish young man. I had my issues, and going to school was one of them. <laughs> Daniel remember remembers this story. So one day I decided, because I think 
My, uh, oh, this was our senior year, huh? Yeah. I had I missed about this time maybe <laughs> 60 days of school, 70 days of school. Yes. I'm not sure. But I decided that day that I was going to put my books in my bag, actually put my bag on my shoulders, and I was going to go to class. Dedicated, right? And so two of our – Dimp, Sam, uh, one of our other homeboys, my other homeboy, Tavares, they were all about to go to Austin. And they were like, Joe, we're about to roll to Austin. I said, no, I'm going to class today. I've decided I'm going to school. And so I'm walking. And so Dimp is on the outside of the car, and he's just kind of leaned up on the car looking at me and laughing. And then I said, you know what? I'm not going to look back at him. I'm going to walk to the school door. I'm going to go to the door, and I'm going to class today. And so I... I'm walking, and I'm walking, and walking, and I get to the front door, and then I look, and I see Dimp laughing, and I was like, man, fuck school. <laughs> and Dimp, Dimp jumped so high laughing, I ran to Dimp, jumped in the car, and we went to Austin and hung out the day. I, I was proud of your commitment, man. I, I was laughing, but I was cheering you on, man. You motivated me. No, you, you laughed the whole time. <laughs> They met me from the door, and from the door to like to where they were at, I'll say is like three, three to four car lengths. Like if you had back to back cars, yeah, yeah. And the whole time, I could feel this dude looking at me and laughing, knowing that I wasn't gonna go to class. And I tried, ladies and gentlemen. I just want you to know I tried. I, I walked all the way to the front of the school door. As long as you tried, man. As long as you tried. Thank you, Dre. Shout out to uh, Boss Man for not catching us skipping. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to the Boss Man. Hey, man, I don't know what that dude doing now, man. He probably eating haagen or something, but Boss Man was cool, man. That was a cool security guard. Yeah, he was solid. Yeah, for sure. For so, sure. So I guess we're in high school. So tell us about high school, because you, you had two schools, right? Yeah. So I, I actually um I actually attended three high schools. So as I said, um started off high school in Hawaii. Shout out to uh Radford High School right there on um Pearl Harbor Boulevard, right down by the Aloha Stadium, you know where the Pro Bowl used to be. You know, shout out to them Rams. You know, I rep everywhere I've been, so I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I started off high school there. And the funny thing is we used to live here in Killeen because, like, my mom was stationed at Fort Polk, but my dad was stationed at Fort Hood. I don't know how the military worked that out. So our, our weekends was – we were living in Louisiana at the time, but some weekends we was, you know, shooting Killeen, Cobbers Cove. Some weekends we was back home. But, um, yeah, so we, we came back here summer of 94. And it's funny because my older brother, Darren, he graduated from Cove. And what I remember about Cove in like 89, 90 was like, this was like country hit town. Yeah, and for I was sure. Like, man, so for sure. we left Hawaii, my mom was given options. I think it was like, um, it was like Texas, Germany, um, back to Fort Bragg, North Carolina. And it was like four options in there. So I didn't want to go to Germany. I didn't want to finish high school, you know, overseas. Um, I didn't want to, well, my mom said we weren't going back to North Carolina. She didn't want to be that close to family. You know how it is. You yeah, love yeah, family, yeah, but yeah, you don't yeah, want to be yeah, able to yeah, pull yeah. up. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> that was out the door. And then for people that don't know, Fort Hood is our largest military installment we have anywhere in the world. So yes, sir. when you got ranked, and at the time my mom was an E7, so when you got ranked towards the end of your career, you know, they pull everybody back to Fort Hood. 
So we ended up Fort Hood. So I knew we were coming back to this area. And I just told my mom, I was like, look, <laughs> I don't want to go to Cove. And um, we actually went to Ellison High School, and you guys were having football practice. And I remember I'm over there, and I'm looking. I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah, nice-sized team. And <laughs> it's still funny this day. My mom was like, yeah, they look good. You're going to Cove. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was so good at first, but um, I will say for, for where my head was kind of at the time, Cove was probably the best thing that I needed at that time because, like, like Drake, like you said, hey, man, for y'all that are not from this area, I ain't, yeah, ain't trying to shit on Colleen or nothing. You know, at that time, we didn't have Shoemaker or Heights. <laughs> right, right, right. But Ellison was, like, fashion show. You yeah, know, man. You, you had to be. Yeah, yeah they're ready back then. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Them those niggas yes. putting them outfits together. <laughs> that, and that they were. For me, <laughs> at the time, coming back in 94, you talking about, you know, from 12 to 16, yeah. I was in Hawaii. So at that time, I was heavily West Coast influenced. Yeah, yeah. So when I came back to Central Texas, I was like the only cat at Cove with braids. <laughs> so I got braids. I'm wearing the gangster Cortez. Uh, uh, I got the dicky suit. Yeah. <laughs> All these cats just walk around with these polos, with their uh, shirt tucked in. Yeah. I walk around campus with lokes on and stuff. I look like some of my old teammates at Cove. They tell me they still remember the, my first day on campus. They was like, "Dude, you look like a damn menace, bro. You, you, you was kind of scared. Yeah, you know, like, Loked you out. Like, you know, you was coming to bang or join the team. So you know, <laughs> that's hey, Ellison, you got to be ready. I'm trying to tell you, and man. At that time, like I said, I was West Coast dude, and yeah, if I'd have showed up on Ellison, Dicky down, and they'd have yeah. said something, man. I probably would have still been my legend would have been even different. <laughs> I'd have set it off up in there, man. Yeah, man. But yeah, so you know, I went to Cove, did my thing. Um, I actually was on. Um, all-American list. Y'all ready to make the All-American list for football, playing free safety, wide mm-hmm. receiver. No, I did my thing. And um, everything was great, really, but that's kind of my original senior year, which I say because I should have been class in 96. My original senior year was like, that's when life kind of hit the fan for me. Yeah. And I know that's, that's what we've been talking about, Joe, and that's what you want me to get into because one thing about me is Despite what I've been through, I'm not going to carry myself in a stereotypical way that you think that I should because mm-hmm. I've been through this. Mm-hmm. I won't allow that to happen. I got too much pride in myself. Mm-hmm. So at that time, what changed my life for me was um, it was December of 95. So we're going into my, you know, the second half of the senior year of high school. Got like five months left. I'm done. And my this time girlfriend who ended up being the mother of my son um we found out she was pregnant um he has passed on so he was a piece of shit so i'm not really even gonna try and save his soul her dad was an asshole mm-hmm. and like physical and i'm not gonna put her story out there because that's her story to tell but mm-hmm. yeah he did shit to her that you got to understand for me the the cloth that I'm cut from is a lot of people think about marriage and that other stuff. How I was was if you're my girlfriend and it's me and you, I really don't give a damn about my family mm-hmm. or your family. You're not going to talk down or do anything to her in my presence. Right. So a lot of things, that was one of the many times that um, I, I'll just tell this story, this part of her story. Um, 
we'd gone out on one of our usual Friday night dates and brought her back to the house. He was not fond of a friend of hers who um, he just didn't like, and she came by the house. And he put, because she had came by, when we got back from our date, he decided to put hands on her. And I didn't know it at the time. And I was leaving, and call it the Peter Parker in me, that, that spidey sense was tingling, and something told me to turn around. And I turned around, and I went back to the house, and right when I got to the door, he was like, um, yeah, don't worry about coming in. She's good. And I said, I could I thought I heard her scream. You're like, can I just talk to her real quick? And he was like, no, you need to leave. And I was like, well, just let me talk to her. He's like, well, I'm going to call the police. And before I go any further, let me, let me just say that um, my son's mother is biracial. So her father was white at the time. And this is, like I said, this is country code. So he calls the police. Cop shows up. He tells the police officer, you know, um, my daughter was out with them doing drugs. I think she's on drugs right now. And I don't want him around. Cop tells me, well, son, you need to leave. And I said, I think something bad happened. Can we check on her? I'm good. Cop said, no, I'm telling you to leave. I said, well, sir, I don't mind leaving. Can you just please check on her? Grabs me, turns around, slams me face first down on the hood of my car. The craziest part about it was... He slammed me down, and then when he turns me over, he looks at me, and he was like, oh, you Dempsey, you are free safety. Oh, we need you. <laughs> wow. He said, son, just get in your car and go home. Wow. We're not even going to worry about this incident. I still remember that to this day, vividly. And I remember going home, long story short, um, he had her committed to the hospital. Told my mom. My mom stepped in, you know, she was able to leave, come back to our house, then go back to his house. But uh, my mom being the G about abuse that she was and being ranking in the military, she went after his ass. We, we kind of honestly just recently pieced this together and realized it, but she went after him to the point where he had to get out of the military. Hmm. We didn't know that at the time. So all we knew was that she packed up, or he packed up, came to our house one day, and he was like, we're moving. I remember this so vividly because Jordan had just came back from his first retirement. Mm -hmm. We was in the house watching, you know, they was playing Orlando and all that. And it was like, she came in the room. She was like, my dad said, we're moving. And how far along was she at this time? At this time, she was a few months. She wasn't even really showing yet. And the thing was, we hadn't told anybody. Yeah, you know, two? I was 17 going, I was just 17 years. Yeah, so I hadn't turned 18 yet. So like, Keep in mind, a 17-year-old. Right, right. Like, man, we should have a kid. And, man, at this time, to be honest, man, I had a box that's maybe about maybe like three feet off the ground, like three three feet, five feet across, whatever. You couldn't name a D1 school that I couldn't reach in there and pull you a letter out and show you where they wanted me to come play ball. And she was more worried about messing up my future. Mm-hmm. And I was telling her, oh, we're going to be all right. Yeah. And we wasn't expecting the, okay, I'm out of the military, you got to go. And we didn't know. We thought her having to go was going to be a couple of days. Yeah. It was like next day they was on plane, gone. And so I never had this conversation with my parents. And to the point where after they left, she 
told her dad once they got to Washington State. They just happened to be driving down the road. His answer to that was to pull the car over, hit her in the face, and push her out. This is a lot of stuff that I found out later on in life. Um, so you have the 17-year-old who's supposed to be on cloud nine, you know, because you name the school, they want me to come. And I was doing, I mean, my, I wasn't, I'm not going to lie and say I was just perfect A student. I, you know, I was doing what they, I was passing all my classes, good grades. But I was at this point in my life where it was like, yo, I'm going to have a kid. I haven't told my parents. She hasn't told her parents at the time. And keep in mind, you're talking about the 90s. So this is, it's not like when you could just pop right. up on a cell phone and stay in touch. Right, right. You know, we was just transitioning out of the pen pal phase. Right, right, right. You remember Most people's whole yeah. name and they yeah, address. Yeah. And so she was just like gone. And luckily she had my number and she had more house number at that time. You remember the party lines? So yeah, she yeah, had yeah, no yeah. trying to get in touch with me. But just when all that was going on, I got hit with another curveball. So, you know, um, with my older siblings being, having at least seven years on us and being out of the house, for the most part, it was me and my younger brother in the last few years. Um, Joe was at, he was still in elementary school at this time. And if you can picture like the end of a swing set, it's kind of like a TP-like shape. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Joe so, is his, for y'all don't know, Joe's his younger brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, my young, it's my baby brother. Yeah. So he was playing football. And this is, um, it was weird because for those who remember in, in 95 of um, that year in Texas, we had had snow for the first time in a mm -hmm. long time. Mm -hmm. And they were out there playing football and Joe going after the ball got pushed by a kid. And he hit the frame of the swing set and literally shifted all his internal organs. Mm -hmm. So he was immediately taken to the hospital. So keep in mind, 17 years old, about to have a child. Mm -hmm. You should be thinking about, man, it's five <clears throat> months left and I'm out and I'm finna go start changing my life. And now I have a pregnant girlfriend somewhere and a little brother that they saying is not gonna walk again. And my mom, it was kind of like over maternal instincts kicked in for her. Like my mom, as far as the house goes, she checked out. My mom was like just at the hospital. Like we kind of like two ships in the night. I may see her passing. Um, my father, R.I.P. to him, love that dude. He was, um, at this time he was retired military. So he was working for Orkin. And like I said, we're talking about the 90s. So this is not the, you know, people carrying around their laptops with all their work on it. You know, this is a lot of stuff that was handwritten. So my dad was out of the house at like five in the morning. He probably came home at maybe eight o'clock at night. And he did his paperwork. You know, my dad's old school country dude. He would go in there and cook a ham hock and some beans and fall asleep on the couch yeah. and fall asleep around all his paperwork. So you have a 17 year old boy who is literally going through a damn crisis. <laughs> and his mom is at the hospital with his baby brother. And I wasn't selfish enough to be like, mom, I'm going through something too. It was like, my little brother's not gonna walk again. And that was one of the reasons I tried to keep a lot of me in a positive direction. And because I wanted him to do, I mean, to see me do well. And at that time, for everybody to know me, I even got it on right now. My decision was real simple. 
as, as we say back home, Carolina born, Carolina bred. When I die, I'll be Carolina dead. So it was it was North Carolina for me. But my options for me was I was gonna go home to North Carolina so my family could see me play, or I was gonna go to UT, be a Longhorn, so I could be close enough for my brother to see me play. Yeah. That was I didn't I didn't care what any of the other school said. It was it was one or the other. And so when I should be thinking about that, like I said, I got a growing belly girlfriend somewhere in the Washington State area. Got a little brother that I'm hearing is not possibly not going to walk again. My mom coming to end her military career, who's basically living in the hospital, and my dad busting his behind working hard. So I was just like, I remember, you know, for for those around the world that don't know how the scholastic system works in America, we normally take a break, you know, right after for Christmas. You do your little finals or whatever, your little semester grade, then you go on a little break for Christmas, come back in January. I remember being in cold. And um, I had an AP English test. I still remember the, what's the book, A Tale of Two Cities. That's what it was over. I just remember asking the teacher, can I go to the bathroom? And I got up, and I walked to my car, grabbed my car, and I just left. And at the time, um, 95, we had just opened um, Finish Line Shoe Store um, in the Killeen Mall. Mm-hmm. I just went to work. <clears throat> I just went. I told my manager, I was like, hey, I got more time freed up. I can work whenever you schedule. It was like I was just working. But when I wasn't working, it turned into like autopilot. Like I would just stay up on four hood. Whatever gym I went to, I just go to the gym and lift weights. Go to the gym, shoot ball. I was shooting with GIs and all that in the morning doing their PT. I just go shoot ball, lift weights. I do nothing. And I went through this phase that I literally wasn't doing nothing. And what happened is Coppers Cole got in touch with my dad and they were like we haven't seen your son since December and at this time it was like I think it was like April so you tell me like four months I was just like wandering in the woods I guess you could say just lost I, ain't, yeah. I really didn't care just working making money shoot to Austin shoot the work I was just whatever I mean I wasn't wasn't no drugs or alcohol nothing like that it was just like I was just you just physically yeah, just yeah I was checked, checked out, out. I, was just, out yeah. I was just on autopilot I was just working yeah and um, I remember my dad was like, Cove said, you ain't been to school. And that was my first opportunity to honestly be like, that I got a lot going on. But instead, it gone so long that I was like, oh man, they full of shit. I'm always at school, Pop. He was like, well, get in the truck. Let's go. So the whole ride down the back way through Fort Hood going to Copper's Cove, we talking. I'm talking, man, I don't know what the fuck they talking about. I've been mm-hmm. to school. Mm-hmm. Like, I rode that line literally right, right. all the way to the campus, yeah. parking the truck, getting out of the truck, walking into the administrative office to the point where they laid my folder down in front to show him all right, of his right. days. I look down, I'm like, oh, man, they lying. They stormed out. Like, that's how delusional I was right. in the, the depression that had set in with me. Right. And it was just like, I didn't care about football. Like I said, you're talking about pre-All-Americanism. And for people that don't know, Texas and football is serious. Mm-hmm. So when you one of the top players in the state of Texas, that's saying a lot. Right. And I didn't care about none of that. All I knew is my brother wasn't going to walk. I got a baby coming and I don't know where he at. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's like the, the way I was raised was probably why I was on that work part. Stack your bread because mm-hmm. you got responsibilities. Even though you know where it is. You got responsibilities right, coming. Right. And that's really what I was on. And so 
pride took over because when I came back in, my dad talked to me. We talked to the counselors, and they were like, well, he's missed this many days. Summer school won't do it. He will have to come back and do a whole year. So I would then go to the class of 97. So um, I was kind of pissed off, but like I said, pride set in because being that star athlete, I didn't want to go another year and have everybody like, why are you still here? Mm-hmm. What are you supposed to be? Man, we're supposed to be watching you on Saturdays, like killing it. Right. And so my dad was like, well, what you want to do? And I was like, I'm, I'm going to finish school. So it was like, you know, it's whatever. First place we went was Ellison. Yeah. So we talked to Ellison, and Ellison was like, he needs two credits. He needs, I needed um, economics and English. And it was like, unfortunately, he can't, the way those class set up, he can't take it September through December. He had to take it January through May of 97. So in my head, I told my dad, bet I'll do it. And in my mind, it was like, that gave me about nine months to keep stacking money. Didn't know where I was going to send it, but I'm, I'm not, as Drake said, I ain't with that sucker shit. I got a child. I knew he was out there somewhere. Right. So I was about getting my money together and, and doing what I had to do. And um, this led to, um, I remember my lowest point was um, May 96. And um, with that, I'll definitely say shout out to our boy Demond. That's when um, his mom got stationed at Fort Hood. Um, my mom was like, yo, um, this dude, his family just moved here. His first name sound like your middle name. His birthday is the same as your little brother's, da 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 da. And um, at this time, um, May of 96, thankfully, um, my brother had a couple surgeries. He was released from the hospital. No major problems. He was good. So I had positive outlooks on that part of it. Mm-hmm. But I remember going to the class of 96 graduation. Don't ask me why I pain freaked myself, but I remember I went to the Bell County Expo Center. And I sat at the very top. I wanted to be all the way in the back and just watching senior teammates and classmates graduate. And it was like, damn, I really fucked up. Like, I'm supposed to be there. And like I said, this was the pride part of depression because honestly, if I was being honest, even though the classes I needed were the second half, I should have won either taking my ass back to Cole and finish what I started, or if for those that know it during that time, that's when Ellison started picking up and was making y'all major run. Mm-hmm. Hey, I could have came and been another piece to that playoff run going in 96, 97. And it was more on the, man, I'm going to be with guys that know I should be gone. So I just, like I said, I work. I'll, I'll, I'll see, you know, hanging around y'all. You yeah. know, I never put on to y'all what it was. It was like, you know, that first half of the school year, I was, when y'all was in class, I was working. Until January 97. Hmm. That's when I set foot on the Ellison Fashion Show. I mean, I had already known, <laughs> I had already known them dudes, man. Shout out to some of them, some of yeah. dudes, Doc Ashford, all of them. Yeah, dudes. yeah, Jay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jameson Brooks. All yeah. I knew them dudes, but yeah. it was, hey, like I said, I had to, I had to, get, I knew what Ellison was compared to Cove. I had yeah. to get ready. I couldn't just, <laughs> I couldn't just roll up in yeah, there with, man. Some, with some Levi jeans yeah, with a t-shirt. I had to be ready, man. So, yeah, that's, that's real. That's where, you know, 97 was, it was, it was different. I, I was, I can't say I was 
I was in a positive spot because it was a lot of, I didn't really, for as much love as I have for the guys I went to cove with, after football and basketball season, I was hanging out and going to parties with Colleen. I was yeah. part of what you do, y'all, y'all house parties and stuff. Um, so it was, it was between the two cities. For for those that that don't know, I know you guys explained it a lot. Where Fort Hood is, as we know, you got Coppers Cove on one side of mm-hmm. it, and you got Colleen on the other side. Mm-hmm. So I could literally cross to the other side of the base and be. Right. I guess I could say I could be me. Because right. in Cove, I was, you know, star athlete in a small town and all this expectation. And, and it was just, it was phony to me. It was like, if you wasn't, if you wasn't one of the, the men in Cove, right. you just kind of roaming. And yeah. so coming to Ellison, it was like, yo, this is, this is me. This is how I am. People, you know, people my age house parties and joining so actually I mean doing good grades and whatnot but like living man it wasn't just about sports right so yeah that's that's where the where the high school phase kind of kicked in so I'm gonna I'm zoom through high school because that's what I felt like yeah high school zoomed through and so because <laughs> that nigga was never there that's what <laughs> <laughs> facts. hashtag facts that nigga was never there <laughs> 60 yeah, yeah, yeah. so we graduate we graduate and so <laughs> We're still kind of lingering around. We were hanging yeah, out yeah. this time. <laughs> this is a funny part of your life. Yeah, but you, yeah, yeah. At this time <laughs> of your life, you were at City Lights a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Kitty Lights for some. City yeah, Lights would fun. you like to tell us what you... <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. Well, what was you doing so, at City Lights? So, as I if, said... Hold on. For well, y'all that don't know what City Lights is, City Lights is a club. Um... In Colleen, that was really famous. That people would come from all over the place. Uh, Most deaf. It was, it was, it was and uh, Dempsey, you were pretty known at City Lights. Yeah. What yeah, was you know? What was you known well, for at City Lights? Um, you know, I, I've um, I've always been one for dancing. Um, to go back to <laughs> another comment, Joe, you may not even remember this. Um, when we graduated, we had a um, it was a little shindig at Demond's mom's house. And uh, we was all planning our future. And, you know, shout out to our boy Sam, Zulu brother. He was um, talking about military. Diddy was talking about school. Jamal was talking about military. Me and Joe really didn't say that. Cause, look, I'm going to let y'all know, Joe is not by himself. Neither one of, like, my point of going to college was direct route to NFL. It was nothing about scholastics. I, look, I was so cocky in my skill set, I was going to be the first guy to get four Heismans. If I stayed four years, <laughs> that's what my skill set was. So, Joe is not alone when I tell you, hey, hey, kudos, man, to everybody that go the college route. Drage includes yourself. I appreciate kudos that, Kudos to you, brother. I just knew I, I wasn't going to waste those folks' time on my, <laughs> my time. time. That's right. So, one of the things Joe, Joe always told me, like I said, we, let, let, me, let me backtrack just a little bit, Joe. So, for those that don't know, man, you know, like I said, your boy's been nice with a pen when it comes to drawing for years. For those, I'm finna, I'm finna age us a little bit. So, City Lights was so simple that if you were under 21, they gave you a stamp on your hand that said minor. So, your boy D here, I knew that if you take your ID card, that black strip on the back, you could hold your ID to that and rub it, and it would transfer over to that card. And I'd take a Sharpie, and I'd draw those letters back in, boom, stamp on my boy's hand, 
We in lights for free. One person pay. <laughs> one person pay. Everybody doing their thing. So, um, you hey. know, I, I ain't going to put his side of the story out there. Hey, shout out to the scammers. <laughs> yeah, shout out to the scammers. Hey, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, um, me and uh, our other Zulu brother, um, I, I should just call him Space Cowboy for now. I'll yeah. tell his old story. Yeah, don't tap dance now. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> tell him what you were doing in City Lights. So, sir. they used to have these amateur nights, right? <laughs> and um, when we finished high school, yeah. the boy Joe here, he once joked and told me, he was like, man, Dip going to be that dude dancing in everybody's videos. He, you know, but I promise, if we had YouTube or something back then, your boy probably would have been viral. It wasn't a dance I wasn't hitting, and I just so happened at six four to be flexible enough to drop the splits and all that. Shout out to uh, everybody to remember Luke Scarred during them years. Me and, oh, me and my Lord. boy uh, Space Cowboy Spain, we had a hydraulic little routine. We used to shut it down. With. But, um, um, yeah, so it, I recall um, going to the mall, and uh, we wasn't. We wasn't aware at the time where to find male stripper thongs or anything like that. <laughs> but we remember, you know, they had those underwear that had the little band and your whole hip bone was out, but it covered your little package and whatnot. Yeah, me and um, Space Cowboy, he know who he is. Shout out to that brother. He'll tell his story. We decided, hey, man, fuck it. It's easy money. You know, I can dance. You know, we got the routines. And, you know, like I said, this after high school. So all our, all our friends we were in high school with, they old enough to get in the club. And, you know, I, I, hey, shout out to uh, Abrams Gym, Mr. DJ's, um, Q Club. Hold Everybody on, man. had the team dance. I got to say my piece. Shutdown boys. I got to say my piece. When I first heard about you at Space Cowboy dancing, <laughs> I, first of all, I thought it was too hard to be dancing. So... But I saw y'all dance, and it did. Is this the time I think y'all permed your hair? Yeah, yeah. Hey, shout out to the uh, S Curl Kits, and we're looking for sponsors. Shout out to S Curl Kits. Had your boy laid with the, with the nice, yeah, taper and all that. Boy was, boy was beautiful. So, dude, I remember one of the first nights I saw y'all in there, and I saw y'all in the stone drops. <laughs> Yo, with these, with these perfect. We had we had the breakaway NBA pants. Hey, look, all I'm gonna tell you for those that know your music, genuine pony was uh -huh. hot back uh -huh. then, and your boy had all the tick moves. So yeah, hey, uh, what? I, look, I, I ain't even gonna call out nobody. Uh, you know, it, it's it's quite a few. It's, it's it's a couple that have been on this show already. They was tipping good. Shout out, shout out to y'all. You know who you are. Miss B. Miss Mac. Hey. There used to be a group. There was two guys. I can't remember. The what, was other the, what was the name of y'all group again? Oh, we was the Lovers of Five. Yeah, we, we grew to five people, man. We was we was for real. Um, um, what's my Bojangling. Hey, so y'all y'all doing that every Friday and Saturday hey, night? Or? They started off on Thursdays on every Okay, Friday, okay. Breaking it down. We, we uh, hey, that's what's up. Boys, uh, condition had that one. Was it meeting in my bedroom? Uh, 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 we went to and got the silk pajamas. Oh, uh, look at them. Our songs had themes, bro. Hey, hey 
Hey, y'all was coordinated, hey, though, hey, man. That time, bro, was like a Marvel superhero. Hey, hey, hey. hey, look, I had the six-pack and the obliques on the side. You can't hey, tell that me. Hey, that shit, hey, shit down, um, man. Johnson & Johnson, I need y'all to send me a check for all the baby oil I use, man. I, y'all was repping Yo, me, man. Yo, man, that but, is hey, legendary, man, bro. white dude named Jay that stripped that. Uh-huh. Jay said, bro. And this was on my own. He was like, you should come with me uh-huh. to Austin to this private party. Uh-huh. To, um, you know, bridal thing. Right, right, right. And I went and maybe, maybe an hour. Uh-huh. Dude, I had like $1,200 in my yeah, pocket. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Hey, shout out bro, to Jay, bro. Like $1, yeah, like, man. Like, One hour? Hour work? And, 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 and you know, boy, at this time, um, my boy Diddy was going to ITT Tech. Okay, yeah, so yeah. Like, to, to tie you into this, uh-huh. I was making so much money and didn't have to do anything else. That right, right. I used to wake up in the morning and ride with Diddy to Austin. He was sitting in class getting his scholar on. Right, right. I would listen to Howard Stern and doze off in his car. <laughs> In Austin is where we went to the Nissan dealership where he bought the pickup truck. Oh, that's what's up. Sunburst orange. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's what's up, man. That's how we turn it in. Good all together now. Yeah, I was, I was in, I was doing my. That's what's up, man. But the funny thing is, when it really started taking off around Colleen, I was just still like low key. Yeah, yeah. Saw I see lights on regular nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicks asking me to dance with them. And I was like, doing my little, you know, this is uh, pre 9 11. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. Fort Hood was wide open. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, you know how we was in high school. We were all over the barracks. Yeah, yes, I, yes, sir. I feel like I, I got ranked still. I'm like a sergeant of something. You've been on that motherfucker so long. Yeah. I, was, I was calling shots. I was trying to form my own Voltron team. Yes, like, sir. Yo. Yes, sir. Stop playing your game. <laughs> so. <laughs> I have to get this out of my head, man, this picture, because I died laughing hey. that day, man. You boys had this firm hair. And Shout these, out to Escrow. These, these thongs. I said, man, I ain't even supposed to see my homies like this. This is crazy. You ladies chip so, well. I appreciate you. At this time in my life, and this is when stuff started to, to change and how we start moving forward, um, like me and you would hang out every once in a while, but we weren't hanging out a lot at, that, at this time in my life because I was just trying to get out of Colleen. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And news had got, got back to me. Something had happened to you. Yeah. And so I was like, no, you, you. I said, first of all, I seen that dude and we were hanging out like a few weeks ago. Yep. So I'm like, that can't be. And, and literally when I found the new, when somebody had told me, Cause you know, Colleen is a, a gossip circle. Like if you, you tell something, I almost got in a fight with this person. Cause I felt like they were lying on you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard for me to talk about this. Cause I, I was, I was kind of mad at myself even to this day, because I felt like as I was trying to get away, my homeboys were going through stuff. Um, but the news that got to me, that you had got arrested. Yep, yep. 
And it was weird to me because, I, like I said, I had just hung out with you not too long ago. And the other person, I'm not going to say his name, you know, at the same time, I just was hanging out just seeing y'all. And when I heard that you got arrested, I was like, no, nah, it can't be. It can't be. And I mean, it got, it, it got super embellished to what I found out. Because the, the definitely. I mean, I'm going to let you tell it, but one of the things that I heard was, though, you had a body. Yeah, that's you, a lie. You had, yeah, you had, definitely you had caught a body. And so, and I was like, that's not him. That is not him. Like I said, I was just with him. But Hey, Joe, I'm going to pause you for a second. So for those of y'all, the listeners out there who don't know what caught a body means, means that he murdered someone. So um, that's what that means. That's what bodies that means. on my record. I appreciate that, but, but no bodies on his record. on my record. But, but uh, ahead, big downs, no, no bodies. No, you're good. So, I mean, I don't even know how to just, like, say it. So, I mean, tell us, like, at that time, because you were 19 at the time? I was 21. 20? Yeah. Yep, 20. Just past my birthday. Yeah. Mm. So what happened? So um, let's backtrack a little bit. Um, prior to that, um, shout out to another old boy of ours, um, Michael Bryant. Yeah. He yeah, shout out to Mike. Uh, he was um, at Lackland Air Force Base in mm -hmm. San Antonio. Mm -hmm. He had just kind of got into service. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Kismet. You know, that's destiny, fate, meant to happen. Just so happened, um, Mike Bryant had decided to leave off of Lackland Air Force Base because, for those that don't know, it's a quick sh At that time, it was a quick shot from San Antonio to Colleen in Central Texas. Yeah. Um, at the time, there was a female that he was kind of talking to or trying to talk to or whatever. She kind of stood out, six foot, Amazon. She's like... I'll ride with you too. What he didn't know is this is the mother of my child. And she was riding with him because she was like, I lived in that area and she didn't know where I was. Like, she had been scouring like college rosters, the NFL mm -hmm. rosters. Mm -hmm. And by chance meeting, y'all remember the way Clean Mall used to be designed with the food court? Yeah. You had to kind of walk around an angle. Yeah. Um, everybody would remember me. You know, I used to wear my hats. Go down, you couldn't even see my eyes. And you know, one thing about me, one one of my weaknesses, why I know what I like tall and bright. <laughs> and so I was walking out of the mall, and Mike and a female was walking in. I hadn't looked at it at this time. All I know is tall female walks past bright, you know, with dudes. Right, right. If it's, right. If it's in your kryptonite room, right, right. you're gonna look. Not trying to be disrespectful, but right. you're gonna look. You're right. And, you know, you kind of do that double take. I kept, you know, right out the door. I keep on walking. And um, I was like, nah, you shitting me. I turn around, and it's like, you know, the how you see in the movies when you did the double take, everything going slow-mo. You turn around, and y'all see each other, and you running in slow motion. And we were like, oh, where the fuck you? It was indeed the mother of my son. You know, name will be protected. I'll let them tell their own story. And so it was like, she was, you know, I took a chance that you would still be here. Um, yo, how you been? Da, da, da. And all that conversation was beautiful. I was like, where is my son? Right. If you're in the military, where is he? If you say you gave him up for adoption or whatever, let me first say I don't knock any lady or anybody that makes that decision. 
But if it was my number for adoption, I need that family to know that I was about to get a kidnapping charge because I was going to get mine. <laughs> yeah. At that time, she informed me, no, no, he's he's with family that's taking care of him. And we had set up, ironically, the, the best part about this is um, that was in May of, um, I want to say 98 maybe. I think he was two at that time. I think it was 98. Yeah, going into 99. So, Ironically, what you were referring to, tomorrow, May 30th, makes 22 years. Hmm. And so we had started writing. She was like, don't worry about coming to San Antonio. Tomorrow I'm getting stationed in Missouri. If I contact you, come to Missouri. And for for those who kind of follow my story, as I said, her dad up and retired and left. Mm-hmm. I can thankfully and honestly say that I've never had a bad breakup. Yeah. When it didn't work, we respectfully was like, yo, this not working. It wasn't a hate thing, not no bad mouthing around the town or nothing like that. So this was one that never really ended. So we were like, I'm coming to Missouri. Like, I want to see my son. Let's, let's find out if we you know, have anything or whatever. So anyway, bam, fast forward. Um, shout, out to, shout out to D. He was with me. Um, like I said, I was City Lights thing. At the time, there was a, let me see. I, I won't say her name. So there was a Puerto Rican chick that worked the door. I don't want to get into J trouble. There was a Puerto Rican beautiful female. <laughs> a female. Yeah. No, I don't need the hate mail yet. Yeah, I got to love me first. Exactly. It was, was a Puerto Rican female that I used to talk to that ran the door. You know, anybody that was with me, you in lights for free. At that time, you know, I was... I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the man, the man out there. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it was one of those, me and her was talking, but I found out, you know, boom, this is where she is. And we had been, me and D and two other dudes, one was a neighbor of mine in um, some uh, Hallmark apartments that I used to stay in. And we went to the club. He had a friend at the time. I only knew him in Chi-Town. I never knew his first name. Because... I was who I was. If you came with me to the club, I'd get you in the club for free. And at the time, Chi-Town. I know was, who Chi-Town is, but keep going. I, okay. So I ain't even know you, you had ever met him. But anyway, Chi-Town was on some, if you provide the entryway, boom, I get the drinks. Now, I'm going to keep it a whole hundred. He was planning stick up type stuff. As far as I'm concerned, I don't knock no man's hustle. If you gonna do it by yourself, hey, I'm cool with it. Right. Whatever you do by yourself, that's on you. Yeah. I wasn't sticking up nobody. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we dropped him off, he go do his little thing, came back around with us. We go to the club, boom. I get everybody in free, he go buy drinks. We did this, ironically, like I said, tomorrow makes 22 years. Um, over the Memorial Weekend, boy, we going to the club. You know, it's Memorial Weekend. Every military wide open, we turn it up. Um, apparently, somewhere along the lines, Chicago or Chi-Town, whatever, gets arrested. One time, because as a matter of fact, I was talking, I was, me and the, the Puerto Rican I was referring to had actually stopped talking. I was talking to somebody else who was planning on taking a trip to San Angelo to meet her folks. Just kind of hang out for the weekend. 
Um, one time we had swung by my parents' house and we had swung by D's parents' house. And when Chi-Town got arrested, you know, you know, I mean, for those around in the streets that know, you do the crime, you do the time. If you buy yourself, hey, you man up, you take it on the chin. Shy felt the need to get in the car, take KPD, drive them past, point out my parents' house, point out D's parents' house to the point where they're like, they were taking our parents' house out, we didn't even know. And me personally, like I said, I didn't care because I ain't do it. Do what he do, he do. So um, it was, um, yeah, it was, actually it was the 29th, so it was today, 22 years ago. Um, D had just come back. He was in the uh, military. He had just come back from a break, and uh, we was kicking it. We was, he's from Missouri, and um, we were going to shoot up there because I was like, yo, she on a military base, I'm trying to find out, you know, where she is. The next day, we were supposed to be hitting the road because it was going to fall right on my son's birthday, and I was going to make it there. And I remember coming down Robert E. Lee right by the airfield in Killeen, by Long Branch. And it was like a lot of cops, a lot of cop cars on the street. I'm thinking nothing of it. We just look like, oh, it's a, it's a lot of cops on the street. And ironically, when we pull up, we're getting out of the car, and right when we're getting out, police are walking out of my parents' house. And they look at me, and they were like, um, they said, Daniel Dempsey? I said, yeah, that's me. He said, oh, would you prefer we call you Pooh? Those who know me, that was, that was the nickname. So I was like, uh, man, whatever. You know, I'm not really tripping. Right, right. I don't even know nothing. what it is. Right. And it was like, we got you on arrest for robbery. I'm like, man, I ain't robbed a motherfucking person. You got me bent, man. I'm saying, yeah, whatever. You got me bent. So, to he said, uh, as a matter of fact, he said, the only other person we're looking for now is D. And he gave that name. He's standing right next to me. He like, yo, that's, that's me. We had found out that, like I said, like how my parents' house staked out, a dude came out of his mom's house that they thought was him. They ambushed, tackled him, cuffed him the whole night. Because this dude, Chi-Town, that drove around, pointed out the house. He's on as Dre say, that sucker shit. Yeah, that sucker he shit. He want to take his own. Yeah. So anyway, um, I remember I sat in county, um, May of '99, and I was, man, I was all over the place because it's like I had all these these going into 2000 dreams. I was like, you know, my music dude. I was like, man, Prince always joked about party like it's 1999. I had planned on being in uh, Times Square to go into 2000. Yeah, yeah. Get my son, like everything was, I was coming out of that dark place that I didn't realize for the longest I was in. Mm-hmm. And I was gonna be turning that curve. And it was like life was starting to go in the right direction. And then, bam, you know, this hit. And so I sat in county for um, nine months. Yeah, for nine months. And at the time, for those who are smart enough to know gang affiliation, found out that Chi-Town was a blood. And he had told a lot of guys that I snitched on him. And 
Um, I'm not even going to give them a shout out because you don't get no free press on this great podcast unless they get sponsored. <laughs> but our local Facts. newspaper, mm-hmm. when I got arrested prior to the nine months, I still remember the article. It was um, when I got processed upstairs in the county jail, that one of the guys in the tank, he used to get that paper delivered every day. So the perfect timing of he gets the paper every day, and when I walked in that tank, got a little TV in the corner, local news station, whose face do you see? My own. Local star, sports athlete, D and his ring of thugs go on a Memorial Day robbing spree. I'm like, what the fuck? So, so that was the first time you really just kind of knew what yeah, you were in there for? Yeah, when it just hit me, hit me. Yeah. And I'm like, a robbing spree? Hey, no, dude working by itself. But what happened was, like I said, this particular person was getting the Colleen daily. Let me stop playing. Give me a plug. He was getting the paper. Right. The paper said, after further interrogation of blank, blank, Chi-Town, he rode in the car and gave up the location of me and D. So, I kept that article. And for seven, eight months, I had guys that repped the red trying to come at me. Y'all heard the headlock story. <laughs> I ain't no punk. Mm-hmm. You come up, you, hey, I'm, I'm a piece. I, I start nothing, but I end everything. So if you run up, that's what you get. And one day in particular, um, when you're incarcerated, they have a basket. And in Belton, at Bell County Jail, they have a basketball court on the roof. So you had to go on the elevator, go up to the roof, get your little recreation. Just so happened, his tank was going up for the recreation pass where my tank was. And he pointed me out, and, oh, that's him. Oh, he snitched on me, da, 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 Not knowing what I had. So you only get an hour. So when they came down, they were like, where that milk? It's ass, da, 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 da. I already had an article in my pocket. I slammed it against the window so they could read it, see his name, see who gave the statements and whatnot. They commenced to beating his ass for the next couple of weeks mm. to the point where he told his attorney and told the judge, you know, I lied on that man. Because he what what he told the police was, I orchestrated everything. So I was a ringleader. He was just following command because he didn't want me to do nothing to him. That's what came back to me, too. Yeah. It's like, bro, you you're not that important in my life. You don't hold that, you don't hold none of that kind of real mm-hmm. estate. You don't matter nothing. I at that time period, I didn't even know his first name. For me to be putting these hits and so-called whatever you, as we joked about in my past, dude, I was a ladies' man. I ain't trying to be worried about <laughs> right. no hits. And games, <laughs> right, man. right. Hey, shout out to those who do it. Right. Hey, that wasn't me. So, long story short, my attorney. Oh man, I want to plug this bastard's name, but he worked yeah. my parents, and he was like, "Oh, they going they gon'." It was I think he did three robberies. It's taxi cabs. And he told my parents, man, they gonna charge you with each one, and it's like 20 years of peace, and, da, da, da. and I'm steady. Oh, I ain't robbed a motherfucking person. No mm-hmm. need to. I was supposed to be going out of town, and da, da, da. And so it comes back, you know, I don't know the legal system and all that. This attorney tells me, let's go for shock probation, which leads back to your scared straight story. So I'm like, yo, what the fuck is shock probation? 
I will say this now. I'm glad as hell that I didn't take the shock probation. Well, I didn't get the shock probation, should I say. So we go to court for shock probation. Um, the judge, I won't even plug her name. Let me just say this, and, and I'm going to relate this back to our, our boy Hav. May he rest in peace. At this time in Central Texas, um, you can look this up. Bell County had like a 98.6 conviction rate. Um, what is this? Uh, Williamson, tra- County. What, Williamson, Williamson County. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had like a 98.4 conviction rate. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you go in a courtroom, you getting something. Right. Time, probation, you getting something. Mm-hmm. There ain't no innocent. You getting something. And so. So this is sentencing right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, took, I, I didn't take it to trial because, like I said, my attorney told me shock probation is the way you got to go. Right. And if I knew what I knew now. I'd have took it to trial. Right. So what shock probation is, is they're going to send you to prison for up to 120 days. And somewhere in that time period, they're going to call you back, see how you behave. You ain't going there and get straight ratchet. And then they're going to put you on probation for 10 years. But the thing about that 10 years is you can go nine years, 364 days. And that last day, you catch your assault charge. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to prison for 10 years. True. So in a sense, that's 20 years. Yeah, right. So I go. <laughs> Ironically, when I finally caught, as they call it here, catching chain, that's when you're catching the bus to take you to prison. When I caught chain, I caught chain with Chi-Town. Hmm. We get on this bus. He telling everybody, oh, that's my boy. That's them. Me and him freestyle together. The boy got bars. The fuck? <laughs> Basically putting a hit out on me for nine and a half months. We go to jail, but I'm in my head, he had already gone to court. I think he got five years. Um, go to I'm in my head right now. I'm on some. I know what you would do. But don't do it. We got to stay out of trouble. Yeah. So we get this probation. So get he, back to our life. So at this time, he was sentenced. You weren't sentenced yet. Yeah, no, no. I, I was sentenced. I was sentenced to what it like. Shock probation is a time, like I said, yeah. up to 120 days. That's that's what you do, and then they make a decision during those 120 days. Okay, so you were you were yeah. So I'm, I'm behaving. We go to prison. You know, where'd we you go, where'd you go? Um. Oh my goodness. Uh, the first, the processing unit is in Huntsville, Huntsville, Texas. So you go there, you know, that's what it is. It's like how you see in the movies. That's where you, you get your hair shaved off, you know, mm-hmm. all that process. You know, they take your medical, check your tattoos, see if you gang rate, all that, all that stuff. And then um, after that, I was sent to um, the Bird Unit in um, Jasper, Texas. Um, Bird unit named after James Bird. That is the um, black male that was lynched and drugged till his head came off. You know, that's mm-hmm. my cousin. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. My mom's second cousin. Didn't know that. Yeah, from Jasper. So I was I was on um, the Bird unit in Jasper, Texas, and he was there. The crazy thing was, keep in mind, he's the robber. He was on trustee. So for those that don't understand trustee, right. that's the guy that like you almost living like you ain't in prison. Mm-hmm. You're in prison, but you ain't in prison. But I'm I'm in GP. I'm in for the record, let me just say your boy was not a say. 
I did my whole time, GV, eight years on a 10-year sentence. But let me backtrack that. So I got to 119 days. I've been a Boy Scout. <laughs> you know, I'm out there working in the fields on the whole squad. I'm chopping trees down, whole nine. All the prison stereotypes you think about. I'm lifting weights, mm-hmm. eating the ramen. I'm, I'm good with everybody. I got called to the mailroom at 119 days. Had a letter from um, from Bell County. My lawyer, who got my parents to give him more money, is like, we're going to work this out. I still remember to the day it says, um, after further review of your case, the Texas Department of Criminal Justice has decided that you would do the remainder of your time for a sentence of 10 years. How did that make you feel? Right there, animal. When I walked back to the, those dorms, keep in mind, I did almost four months doing what I was supposed to, because I know I didn't rob nobody. I wasn't supposed to be here. Guilty by association? Yeah, I will openly say that. I never robbed anybody. Now you tell me I got 10 years. So there is no being good now. Now all that frustration, all that stuff that I've been pinning up for four months, mm-hmm. you can get it. Blood, crypt, Aryan, Muslim, whoever, general population, bigot, racist, you can get it. I'm, I'm, me, I'm a very, I'm all about respect. When I first meet you, I don't care. Well, I mean, we're all in there locked up. I don't care what you did because it's not on me. You did what you did. But as far as a man-to-man, you give my utmost respect until you do something to make me see, okay, I don't respect right. you. So in, in TDC, it's a, it's a, one, let me say this about Texas. Texas prison, for some of my cousins that have been locked up in other states, Texas prison is very, um, being that I've been there, I'll just say it's daycare compared to these Arizonas, Californias, these, these other prison systems. Because one, like like you see in the movies, there ain't no free weights. They took all those out. Dudes getting too big and busting folks' heads up. And, you know, all that. Like, yeah, standing in line and get on the phone. Nah, you get like one phone call like every what, 90, 60 days, somewhere in there. So it's not quite the prison you see on TV. As far as the volatile part of it, yo, yeah, that's that. Yeah, you you may see a dude one day and he gone the next hmm. over some some ego thing. But see, the, the thing about me was one thing I know and I always know is whether I was a twin or not, I came out by myself. So I didn't I didn't go to prison to become a crip. I didn't go to prison to become a blood. I didn't go to prison to for a dude to say, you know what, you'll you'll be a good Muslim. No disrespect to them. Yeah, if, if that's your belief, your religion, so be it. But I didn't go to prison to follow nobody. You know, one of my mom's sayings that I still ride with, my mom always said, real simple, lead, follow, or get the fuck out the way. Mm-hmm. She put it that simple. So I didn't I didn't come to, you really can't be no leader in prison unless you're in the, you know, doing the gangster. But, you know, get the gag for me. So mine was, I'm going to be good with everybody. I'm not associated with nobody. No, I'm, I'm gonna make my way. I'm, I'm gonna make the best of this ten years, or whatever it's gonna be. But I'm not gonna let it just. Comp- at, well, at that time, I'm not gonna say I didn't let it get to me. Like I said, when when I got that letter, I was in animal mode. It, it was whatever. It was like you know what? Ain't nothing stopping me now. If you talk reckless to me or you think something sweet about me, one thing I, I had two things. 
in all the time that I did, two things that were stuck in my head. Um, one, my mama wasn't going to have a daughter come out. That's first. Like, mm-hmm. ain't no daughter coming out. Ain't no, mm-hmm. ain't no eyeliner on my face. Ain't nothing. I'm, I'm going to go out like I came in. Mm-hmm. And secondly, despite what happened, however much time go by, I knew it was a long time, but 10 years wasn't a life sentence compared to what some other folks out there. So with that being said, I knew I still had a son out there. So for some of the stuff that I was up against, my son was the reason that I'm not still in there. Mm-hmm. How'd, you, how'd, you, how'd your family take it when they um, found out that you, you got 10 years? Let me, uh, let me, let me back well, up. Well, before you even start, man, um, and I have to, it always bothered me because while you, you did your bid, you know, I would think about, like, hitting you up. I would think about writing you. I would think about calling you, and then life would happen. Yeah. And um, it always bothered me that I didn't check up on you enough. It always bothered me that I didn't write you. It always bothered me that I didn't see how you was doing. Let me let me say this to that. For everybody that has somebody incarcerated, um, there's two things from that. Some people actually want the contact, they want that letter, or they need that visitation. And I'll be honest, that's cool if you're talking about somebody with short time. But a lot of those people that have serious, serious time, a license or whatever, sometimes they get, as I say, so in car, or as we say, institutionalized mm-hmm. that they actually want to separate themselves from as being in there, we call it the free world. Because, in a sense, it kind of got you off your game or it created a chink in the armor. Because if, if I'm in there and I know Dre is sick about them three little girls, mm-hmm. that's how I'm going to get in Dre. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm, I'm going to be real with it. I'm like, you know, I'm going to catch Dre on one of them days when he's down. Oh, what, you, you fucking crying because you can't see a little girl? Man, I knew he was a bitch. Mm-hmm. And how's Dre going to react? Mm-hmm. Dre just want to get to them girls. And that, be, that may be my way in to just testing Dre to get him out there. Because, right. like, I might have seen that Dre was a good dude. But fuck that. You don't get to be a good dude. With prison, you got to be ahead of him. And then when whatever happened, I may use that to – Pull Dre in. Look, you done, you done got in now. Won't you, won't you be a crip now? Won't you be blood? Won't you ride with this crew? One thing I can say for those that don't necessarily do it gang-wise, another thing that's big in there is um, areas. So, you know, for, for those that don't know, um, Colleen and Temple during our days weren't exactly the friendliest people. You know, we bumped heads. Mm-hmm. But in prison, that's the syntax. So, as in Central Texas. Right. So, Syntex is going to ride with each other. So, that's Austin, Colleen, Temple, because you got Houston, or you got Dallas, mm-hmm. or you got San Antonio, or you got the Mexican Mafia, or you got the Texas Syndicate. So, you kind of ride with your area because one thing was, if you don't got a life sentence and you ride with me, when you get out, you can get word back to somebody that I may not have been able to reach. Mm-hmm. So, in that aspect, people kind of, me, I really didn't give a damn. Like I said, I, I didn't need for this. It's gonna, one thing that I, I've learned with life is I can't control what you're going to do. I can only control my reaction to what you do. So, like, you know, people, 
you know, you worry about getting jumped or whatever. You have no say so on that. In all honesty, if them dudes is coming to jump you, it's gonna be how you defend yourself is a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. But you you have no control over what their actions are. So a lot of guys, it's funny to me and it's funny to D. You know, some of these dudes that come out here and I see them talk that 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 talk and it's like, man, y'all y'all sound real tough, but y'all ain't been through shit. And what y'all really don't know is some of us that been through shit, like we're choosing to do something positive with our life. And it's like, we're being a sleeping bear right now. But it's like, don't get it misconstrued. It's like, poke the bear enough if you want to. And, mm-hmm. and see when I wake up, what it turned into. Did D, was was D near you? Or did they separate him and oh, send him? We were in county together. I was, we looked out for, I got him on, you know, had him in a nice little setup with me until they figured out we was on the same case and they moved him. But he was, I spent most of my time in East Texas. Okay. And they had him in West Texas. They. They tend to do their best to um, separate. If you're on the same case, they can't move you away from each other. Um, for those outside the country and for those in Texas, um, Texas has the most prisons anywhere in the world. Hmm. Um, I was on a 5,000-man unit. Hmm. You know, I was listening to something today that said, like, I, if I have the numbers right, they said the whole country of Canada has less than 1,200 people incarcerated. Wow. I was on a 5,000 man right, unit. Right, right. One of One. several yeah. 5,000 man units yeah. that you could be on. So that prison is big money. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, you know what I said about the conviction rate. Mm-hmm. It's big money to convict people. Right. Pro- probation, whether we can get you in a penal system. Right. Or, think about it. That's free labor. Yeah. That they can yeah, get off definitely. of you. Yeah, most definitely. And so, you know, I, I can't even remember his name, but beyond my son and just me wanting to leave one of, I, I told Joe about this before one of the deepest statements that an old school gave to me in there he said first remember you don't have a life sentence so don't do nothing to give yourself a life sentence mm. then secondly he said the thing about prison is you've got one or two things you can go in there and you can be a Jetson mm-hmm. or you can be a Flintstone. Hmm. And I didn't understand what he meant by that. And what he meant by that was you can go in there and be a Flintstone, which is a cartoon for those who don't know the Flintstone. It's a prehistoric <laughs> yeah, cartoon. Y'all better know what that but is. Yeah, <laughs> you can be a Flintstone because you can be in there doing your time worrying about everything from your past. Mm. Learning, worried about what that that girl that would, told you she was gonna stay down and right, fell off right, four months ago right. that you heard from your boy that's pregnant now right. with your best friend. Right. You know, you could yeah. be worried about that or mm-hmm. you could be a Jesse, whereas you could be on some future shit. Right. And the thing about me is I read my ass off. Like essence, evidence, whatever I could get my hands on. So when you came to visit me, the conversation I had with you off of a trailer I might have seen on TV for a movie that I thought looked good, I would talk to you like you would think I was going to go see that. Right, right, right. Because my mind, I kept my mind out of prison. That's what's I didn't right. let it, physically I was incarcerated, mm-hmm. mentally I never got incarcerated. Mm-hmm. I was mad, don't get me wrong. Right, man. right. You know, I did my dirt whatnot, but I was never mentally incarcerated. I refused to let that happen because, like I said, that old school said, you know, never, never let your mind stay in here. Mm-hmm. So, I've always been good with my imagination, so it was 
Like I said, I could get in them books, man. Look, I might have not been there before, but look, let me get some shot. Like, uh, what's it? Danielle Steele, mm-hmm. yeah, romance novels. <laughs> yeah, Danielle Steele had all the great books. Um, Eric Jerome Dickey. Uh-huh. Hey, bruh. I, man, Carl Weber. I, <laughs> hey, friends and lovers, all them books. Hey, your boy was. I kept my mind outside of that. But to turn that back to what you said, Joe. I will tell you that there's a point, if anybody tells you it's not the line, there was a point where I was like, you know, you get in that little down point, like, man, everybody forgot about me, man. It ain't hard to write. No, you, if you know NTC, you can look. There was a part where I was like, man, ain't nobody writing me. But then when, when I was coming out of, I, I think really being in prison helped me with that depression point. When I really got on my grown man shit, I was like, just use you hypothetically. It ain't Joe's fault. It ain't Dre's fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I may have not done what they're accusing me of, but it's not their fault that I'm in here. Real life is going on out there. You right. know, I you know, I remember from high school the situation with your mom. So it was like, you know, people got real shit going on. And you know, me and you had a phone conversation. We joked about how much of a mirror image of our life and stuff where the, you know, the coaches with the football, going yeah. through with our family, you know, just wanting to fight everybody. It, it's one of those, that wasn't your burden to carry. And I never faulted anybody. There is, there's really only one person that in that whole time that I, I there was, people made comments that Oh, if I'd have just did this or if I'd have just did that, they could have saved me. Hmm. And this person in particular is never of the character to save me. A lot of the stuff they did was with me, through me, or because I made promises to you and Spain and all them that, hey, I, I look out for them since I'm still going to be here. But their character was never to save me. So when they said that, I got real upset. And just off the top, you know, I will shoot some names. Shout out to my boy, y'all know Dennis Fields, Spanky. Shout out to my boy Spank. And um, shout out to Teresa Pittman. And shout out to Janice Simmons. Them three in particular, Spank always wrote me, even when he was getting in the military. Teresa and Janice, they used to always come see me. But for Spank to write me and tell me some shit like that, and for Teresa, and it wasn't it wasn't to anger me. It was one of them more like, where does he get off saying something like that when you used to look out for him? And I never really got upset about it. My only rebuttal to that was I shot a message back that, hey, tell him, please keep my name out your mouth. If you if you're not positive, keep my name out your mouth or I'm going to be real hot when that time do come for me to get out. Which turned into my mom coming to visit me mad and upset because that turned into telling when I whenever I do get out, my first thing is to whoop him. Yeah. Never right, said it. Right. Never said it. So how long did you do? I did eight years on a 10-year sentence. I, um, when I first got there, I did enough time in county jail 
that I was already able to see um, the parole board. But the guy was real honest with me. The first time up, I was, I had to actually had me pass that first 119 days that I was referring to with the probation. And he said, I'm going to be honest with you. You have enough time done sitting still to see the parole board, but they're not going to give it to you because you haven't been in prison long enough. And they need you to learn your lesson. So I ended up going through um, six set-offs. And what a set-off is, is that's telling you, no, we're not going to give you parole yet. We're going to make you wait this amount of time. A set-off can be six months, a year, 18 months, two years, five, whatever they set up. So I was, first time was like 18 months. And it was like a year, a year, a year, a year. And somewhere around in the seventh year, going into eight, I was to the point where I was like, you know what? Fuck this system. Y'all done screwed me over. My child's out there getting older. I can't do nothing about it. I'm missing out on all my 20s on stuff that I should be achieving in life. I was to the point, I knew I was coming up pro. I was like, my mind would say this. If y'all tell me I'm getting another set off, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Fuck this whole board. Fuck the system. Don't call me no more till the final 10th year is done and I'm out with no papers. And then you can't say shit to me. But an old school told me when I was going to that board, he was like, you know what they want? Because every time I always said, you know, I hate that anybody got robbed or they felt their life was in danger or anything like that. And I'm sorry they felt that way. I hate that somebody would do that to them. That's not what they want to yeah. do. Yeah. When I went that seventh time, I said, I hate that I robbed those people. I hate that I hurt those people. I hate that I put myself around that environment. Keep in mind, I never robbed one right. person. So basically, in my what life. they wanted you to do is admit. They wanted you to yeah. just admit. admit it, yeah. And I'd be damned if I didn't make parole. But the funny thing is, the penal system is a crab in a barrel. Mm-hmm. When you make parole, I don't give a fuck if it's your brother. You don't tell nobody. You hold that to chest like poker. Because keep in mind, everybody doesn't have the same sentence you have. Right. So I had a 10-year sentence. Might be some people in there with three lives. You think they want to see a fucking dude get out and right. go back to getting some ass, right, having right. money, right. living lavish, watch? No. No, not at all. So guess what they gonna do? Man, they may get some weed, plant it in your bunk, hmm. then go tell the guards to shake your bunk down. They may put some contraband, something that you ain't supposed to have in your bunk, just to give you some kind of free world charge. Because here's the here's the crazy thing about, about the prison system. And I, I'll use this for a quick side story. For those who follow basketball, you know, Russell Westbrook has been making a complaint for years about fans getting out of line. Mm-hmm. And um, there was just an incident with um, Atlanta Hawks point guard Trey Young being spit on by a fan in um, Madison Square Garden. And, you know, all that was is that fan got banned from Madison Square Garden for life or whatever the hell they tried to come up with. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you how TDC works. Joe is a guard. Dre is a guard. Daniel wakes up and he's having a bad day and y'all are walking by doing y'all count trying to make sure everybody's where they're supposed to be. I said, man, fuck y'all. Spit on both of y'all. 
I put a bodily fluid on y'all. Mm-hmm. I am in. I am arrested. Whatever, wherever unit I'm at, I can be taken to the courthouse of that county and charged with a new charge. Right. And it's aggravated assault. Yep. A new charge. So if I had this ten year sentence, and let's say they don't they don't run it concurrent, so I may have to make parole on this. And when I thought I was getting out, now I got an answer for that. Mm-hmm. So how is the person already in prison can do something like that? Right. For spitting on a, a guard, not right. a police officer, a guard. Right. And get a new charge. Right. For civilians. But out civilians out here can spit on a millionaire. So yeah, it, it's right. It's crazy. It is it's really a crazy experience. But I say that to say it doesn't define me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, Daniel, star athlete from Copper's Cove, went through a depression. Didn't know where his son was for a while or was going to be at. Brother got, little brother got hurt. Wandered through the streets to see, like, was homeless for a while after he got out. Yeah, yeah, all that. Got locked up. You know who Daniel is now? I'm a business owner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also work in the engineering department for the city of Charlotte. You know, my business is a part of other businesses that help bring the Ronald McDonald House to Charlotte to take care of kids. My business helps kids get paid, I mean, get fed. I'm a part of a business that we feed over 2 million kids a year just because you paid your bills. Hmm. With my business, I don't ask anybody for a dime. All I ask you to do is pay your bills. Spectrum, Mm -hmm. whatever comes, your your gas bill, your power bill. Just when you move in your house or when you want your home security system, let me hook you up. I don't ask you for a dollar. Just ask you to sign your bill. Let let me hook up with your, let me get you signed up for the same bills you're going to pay every month so I can help some kids. Mm -hmm. You ask me now. I haven't done it in years because our program folded. A lot of my kids are in high school. They are going off to college. I was coaching Little League. No, I don't I don't brag about the prison thing. But I'm not saying the prison thing. See that that's the difference. A lot of people try to duck and hide and act like it didn't happen or they worry about what somebody from high school gonna think about it when they say, Man, fuck that. I'm happily married. Right. No, I'm a beautiful blended family. My wife had a daughter, I had a son. We met each other here in Central Texas. Now we have a beautiful two story home in Charlotte. Nice cars, living the life, working. My wife's actually in the business. I brought her in under. She has her own business. Now I'm, I'm all, you know, for I'm the guy that Joe spoke on before when he was like, he wouldn't be surprised if I was a billionaire because I'm I grind because what a lot of people don't realize is you think your life is bad because of COVID because you had to sit in the house for a year. Mm-hmm. You ain't been through shit. Mm-hmm. You've heard Dre's story. You've mm-hmm. heard Joe's story. You've heard some things that really hit people. You just mad because you couldn't get your hair cut for six right. months. Or because right. you couldn't go to the fucking movies. Mm-hmm. Or because you and your girls couldn't go get a cosmopolitan. Or because you and your boys couldn't go to the bar and holler at females. Some people ain't really been through nothing. Mm-hmm. So I've seen bottom. The only lower part of bottom to me is the grave. And I ain't ready to die yet. Mm-hmm. So. Anything I do from this point is up. Yeah. I only look up because I've, I've been at the very bottom. So every move I had to make was from up. So 
back on that scholar level when a lot of my friends were in college, you know, joining fraternities. I, I've watched a few people turn pro, you know, some of the ones you talk about, Jay Brooks and Jameson, my, my dude that was an understudy for me, Charles Tillman. I've watched a lot of friends go on to be in the NFL and NBA. Shout out to your boy Fred House and play overseas and be great. Mm-hmm. You know, my girl Sharika Wright at Cole, the head coach up at UTA. I watched some friends under me go on to do some great things. And for a while, especially when I was locked up watching them, it really hurt. But just like I said, it didn't define me. It actually became my motivation. You know, just like to sit here and and last 30 plus episodes and see you brothers do what you did. It's a motivation because I know some of your stories. I know where we were at. I know the bottom part. Mm -hmm. So to climb out of that, man, it's a beautiful thing. Like folks don't understand because they haven't hit rock bottom. They think they have. It's like you don't you don't know what rock bottom look mm-hmm. like for real. You ain't really lost nothing for real that make you feel that you I like with my job. I think about it. I, I ask people this. When the last time you see somebody's cell phone cut off, man, they'll let they they'll let their cable get turned turned off for that cell phone get turned off. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's where we at now. And mm-hmm. it's man. You know, I watched my little brother. Shout out to Joe Dempsey. You know, as y'all see, I got, I got his yes, show sir. on yes, right sir. now. His slogan is "Be Great." I, I'm, a, I'm a plug my baby brother. Check him out at itsjoedempsey.com. One word. This this dude has been a part of starting, um, helping with RPA College. He helps these boys that aren't getting that good D1 look. It's a preparatory college, and all the all their credits transfer. Mm-hmm. Yo, this boy is helping people get off the college. It's the same baby brother that was never gone, never supposed to walk. They went on to play semi-pro football in the Dallas area. Got a son graduating tomorrow from high school, doing great things because he didn't let one situation define him. Right. And that's what I surround myself with now. I'm, hey, look, if we went to high school together, junior high, work together, whatever, no disrespect to y'all, man. And nothing but love for y'all. I, I hold no ill will. I wish nobody no harm. But to be fortunate enough to make it to this 42, 43, 44, whatever part we're at from that class in 94 through 97 that we rocked with, mm-hmm. to make it to this point in life where we're at right now, if you doing something good, man, I rock with you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like you up. said, Dre, man, what? My boy's got a podcast. Shit, everybody and their mama on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Right. You mean to tell me you can't hit the share button? Yep. Man, I'm going to rock with everybody I know that's trying to push something out. Man, Absolutely. If you got a t-shirt, I'm buying Absolutely. I love slogan t-shirts. I like that you brought up uh, Facebook, Instagram, because <laughs> I, yeah, I know yeah. we get close to the end of this, but yeah, yeah. there's something that you're doing on, on Tuesdays as well, because we do something on Tuesdays, but you do something on Tuesdays as well. How did that come about? Well, what is it? How did it come about? So, um, first off, man, shout out to the whole crew. I, you know, it, it's a couple that I rock with during the week, so let me first say, um, Shout out to my boy Norris Dorsey out of Cove. Shout out to my girl Melanie Siobhan out of Cove. Shout out to my girl Larry Nate Porter, Nate Porter out of Cove. And of course myself. Um, 
You know, shout out to the, the hashtag, hashtag Petty Tuesday. What that is is, um, you know, like I said, we're in the social media phase. And um, quite a few years ago, it was just one of the, you know, we all, yeah, at work or whatever you're doing, and you just kind of check Facebook. or At that time, Facebook was the hottest, you know, wasn't TikTok or nothing like that. And everybody was fucking miserable. Like, oh, I hate my job. Oh, my right. baby daddy on my nerves. Oh, yeah. I hate my baby mama. That yeah, yeah. All this job. All oh, my food wasn't cooked good. Oh, this prayer. I hate Barack Obama. Oh, I miss Bush. Oh, he's out of office. All oh, the Republicans yeah. suck. All oh, the Democrats suck. Da, 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 all that bullshit. And I was just, originally, it was a mission statement. Because of what I had been through, I was telling people, man, y'all act like y'all life is really that miserable. Mm-hmm. Like you were really, really that miserable. And you really not. You know, my dad, rest in peace, just on the work level. My dad always told me as far as work, if you don't like what you're doing, change it. Mm-hmm. When you get a job, there's a reason why they say job and they say career. Because Facts. your career, you're doing something you love. Yeah. And if, let's take you two guys. Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it out there in the universe. When this really take off, mm-hmm. this, this is the career. This is the part. You know, Joe, me and you have talked. This is the start of some, some other major stuff. Yeah. They don't even know what's coming yet. Right. Keep, keep your ears ready because it's coming. But they don't even know what's coming yet. So, Career is doing something you love. A job is something you're doing to pay the bills. And so, with everybody complaining, I made this mission statement. This is this is around the time the hashtag started getting all big, and it really was on a Tuesday. And I was just laughing at people. I was like, "Man, y'all so petty about stuff on a Tuesday." Man, it was hashtag Petty Tuesday. What happened was, shout out, look, do what I said, Norris Dorsey. He commented on it, and he was like, yo, man, I needed to hear that from my boy D today. He was on point. And so that next Tuesday, it was, Norris made the statement. He was like, look, no public service announcement. My boy D started something last Tuesday. On Tuesdays, we're going to poke fun at life. You know, everybody got the hard job. Are you sick of this? Are you sick of that? Man, you need to fucking laugh. Life is, man, you can, you can always find something to laugh at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether it be memes or comments or statements, we just started having fun with it. And then before you know it, Melanie was laughing and she joined in and Larry they joined in. Some other people, Tim, my sister, Nikita. And it became a thing. And it was, other people was like, yo. I love y'all for Tuesdays. Y'all, because it's, it's the middle of the week. Yeah, everybody loves Friday and Saturday and Sunday. Wednesday is hump day. You know, Thursday, you you in neutral. You coasting into Friday. Everybody hate Monday. But Tuesday was one of them. Not quite completely moved from the weekend, but you yeah. went to work that one day, and it's like, ah, <laughs> I got to go back. Right, right. And so it was just, it's a day to like, look, man, ain't nothing off limits. Like, let's just, like, laugh about some shit. Let's have fun with it. And it took off so much that I respect the fact that, you know, we got little nieces and nephews that are on here. So we 
we tend to kind of, you know, filter yourself a little bit. And it turned into um, a, another childhood friend from Hawaii, my boy, Eddie Medina. He said, bro, you should start a group. And he was like, the group is just like where you really let loose. Right, you know, right. you got to be grown yeah. to get in there. Yeah. And so it was like, I bet. And so we, you know, look up hashtag Petty Tuesday. And bro, you hear that listeners now. Is it, there's a bouncer at the door, but if you want to get petty on Tuesday, <laughs> we got two simple questions. I am the admin. The first one is, are you petty? And let's be for real. You motherfuckers can, you can listen to this podcast and say, no, no, I go to church and I don't right, wish right. nothing back. Man, we all <laughs> flip off that person in traffic. You motherfucker, what the you, we do all that. Yeah, so we you do. see, ladies, you see that female in that dress and like this bitch. I know she <laughs> did bring her ass out with them eagle talons hanging over. Dudes, yeah, y'all look man. at that dude and you're like, ah, oh, this nigga got a six pack. He won't show everybody. Yeah, you motherfuckers is nah. pet. So cut the shit. Absolutely. This one we just get raw. So if shit. if you are already one of my friends on Facebook. You know, your boy Daniel Dempsey. If you, you see how I get down on Tuesdays, I will tell you that is honestly the filtered version. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. The group, we laugh all the time because it is just something to just, it's called Petty Tuesday, but the group, we actually go 24 7. I take that back. We go 25 8 366. Yes, sir. Yes, and sir. And it's just, you just laugh, man. Laugh at life, whatever it is. Life is. People try, they try to say life is complicated. Life is actually very simple. You live and you die. What you do in between that is on you. It's just that simple. Yeah. Don't, all the judging, man, life is too simple. Live it, enjoy it. I tell anyone out there right now, if you, man, I, I love what I do. I'm, I'm really just beginning. I, no, I, I'm gonna give it to Dre on this one. You know, me and Dre, the music people. You know, like I say, like like Hove said, I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman. I'm trying to help people grow. Yes, I know sir. where I've been. I don't want nobody else there. Rock dope, with man. me. That's dope. Let's get, hey, rock with Joe and Dre. If you are not listening to this podcast or you catching every other episode, I got a real simple question. What the fuck? is wrong with you. <laughs> I second that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What the yeah, fuck yeah, is yeah, wrong yeah, with yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something that me too. Bruh. <laughs> so, so, I mean, we sound like we're insp- inspiring. As we get closer to the end, there's so many young men who watch family that go through things. Yeah. There's so many young men that have children at a young age. Yeah. There's so many young men, or so many men, period, that get incarcerated. Yeah. What? would you say to them to inspire them to keep going? It's not the end all be all. Life, like I said, is simple. It's not checkers, it's chess. You know, I learned to play chess. For those that went through it, when I had chicken pox, you're supposed to stay home from school and all that. So during the time, shout out to my Aunt Diane, She's like, you're not just gonna sit around the house. She taught me chess. So one of the sayings that I used to say for myself that I used to live by, and I learned it from the game of chess. I said, in life, 
I'm always two steps ahead and one step behind. That way I can see what's going on in front of me and behind me. And so for the man and woman, boy and girl, if you made that mistake or you had that baby too late, whatever it is, life ain't over. If you woke up and you still taking a breath and you still breathing, that means you got more life to live. That means you was promised another day, which isn't promised to everybody. Mm -hmm. So you can sit there and mope about it or you can do something about it. I, I like to tell people this. I don't fuck with people that try. Because if you try, you'll quit. Don't try to do nothing with me. Do it or don't do it. I rock with people that do. It's just that simple. You know what? Hold on. I'm going to have you say that again because there's people that are following us that listen to the podcast. And they always talk to me and Dre. And Dre could always, he could. And <laughs> well, I, I, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. And uh -huh. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. So I, I want you to say that again because, you know, even when people ask me and Dre how we started the podcast. We just did it. We just did it. Just did it. We, we didn't. Well, maybe we'll try it out because we, we said that the first time and it took us a month to get launched. Mm -hmm. But then mm -hmm. we were just like, let's just do it. So say that, say that again for the people. So if you've been inspired by what I've said, if you've been inspired by listening to Joe and Dre, I tell you this, live your life by this. Don't rock with, deal with, hang with, swing with, or fuck with anybody that tries. I don't do try because if you try anything, you can also try to quit. Mm -hmm. Rock with people that do. Because when you do it, it it's getting done. Mm -hmm. May not be your best yet because you're still learning it, but it's getting done. It's not a, mm, it's kind of hard. Oh, I think I'm going to quit. It's easy to quit. Easy to quit. Don't do the try. Do. You know, Nike said it best. Mountain Dew said it best. Just do it. Right. What excuses are you waiting for? Right now, someone is dreading Tuesday after the holidays because they got to go back to the job that they hate. Mm -hmm. I'm going to plug myself. I'm Hey. I told you my Facebook, Daniel Dempsey. If you if you not follow me on Instagram, I, I rock with it a little bit. It's definitively underscore Dempsey. D-E-F-I-N-I-T-I-V-E-L-Y underscore Dempsey. D-E-M-P-S-E-Y. Let's grow. Let's have some. Look, I'm gonna tell you what I, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug myself on this. And, and this goes into the doing over trying. A lot of us, especially black, we've been raised to work on a linear level. And what I mean on a linear is you clock in, you clock out. When you're clocked out, you don't get paid. As you heard Joe say, I drove here to Texas from North Carolina. The whole 16-hour drive, I got paid. Because I deal in residuals. I deal in residual income. My business that I started, that only thing you have to do is open your mouth. It's very simple. I teach anybody how to do it. If you honestly are sick of your job, I would teach you how to make residual income. I'm not saying this is some kind of cheap plug or whatever. It's, it's square business. I, would, I don't promote nothing I don't believe in. I didn't. I was like a lot of people. 
You know, I was working that job and I felt like, man, I need a, I, I want to start a business. I want to have my own. But then I thought about it. A lot of business, the average business, right, in, in 2019, the average business was $65,000 to start. Who got that land in their bank account? Because if you did, you'd be, you'd be a little better off. Mm-hmm. I started with something that I blow more on Jordans to start my business. I only used $200 to get started. It has brought me so much residual income. I get paid weekly. I get paid quarterly. <laughs> I make bonuses. The bigger companies that I deal with, they send me on trips. <laughs> Bruh. Pan- this pandemic, a lot of people think, oh, how could you start a business in this pandemic? Believe it or not, my business actually got better because of the pandemic, because technology. We're all on Zoom. I can talk to more people now because guess what? I don't have to beg them to meet me at a coffee shop or sit down and honestly talk to them. You in your living room. Bro, plug right. into this Zoom. Holla at me. Right. Yeah. Let's change your life. Because I've been at the rock bottom if you haven't. And I'm winning. Right. And my boys Joe and Dre are winning. Mm-hmm. And you sitting here and, and you you still pissed off about a job. Or, or if it ain't popping off for you and you at McDonald's, you still begging for $15. Just off my business alone, and keep in mind, I still have a job because I chose to. Because I'm not gonna cut no money. So I got great benefits working for the city. Yeah, I know that's, that's right. Just check coming <laughs> in. Yeah. I know that's, that's right. Check coming in. Yes, sir. But I don't worry about my job when I take vacation from the city because I'm, I'm getting paid off. I get paid four ways just from my business. If you're just getting paid linear, clocking in, clocking out, and you worry why they ain't giving you benefits, fuck with your boy. I'm gonna put you on for real. And when you find out, and I show you what I'm doing, it's like, man, I got more pissed because I found out I got a lot of business partners that are in the Colleen area we're all from yeah. that are successful. And I, it blew my mind. After, I was like, oh, why did I know about this before I moved? All right. Let, let me. I'll, I'll give you a little. I'll give you a little behind the door scene, just to, so you understand what where I'm at. My immediate mentor is Michael Jordan's right hand woman. This summer, I told you what I did helping with Ronald McDonald's house. This summer, I plan to be in Vegas if the pandemic don't mess it up. Shout out to my boy Diddy because you know I'm going to holler at you when I get yes, out sir. But I plan to be in Vegas talking to retired NBA players because, first off, I know you're probably thinking NBA players, they rich, they don't need nothing. Um, when you get in the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, a lot of us are not talking about money. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those, those dudes that you saw with a lot of money, they blown a lot of that. Oh, yeah. yep. And they on the end of that dollar, and they need they yes, need sir. something. And I, I I don't, you know, I, yeah, I just plugged Michael Jordan, but I'm not going to plug these other people's names. I, I deal with one of the VPs of the retirement group with the NBA because I presented something to him, and he was like, yo, this is so simple and it makes sense and, and this rewards people for years and years to come. I plan, I'm actually working up a deal to work with Fort Hood, Texas, where we all came up. So I can help a lot of families that's processing in when, they, when they're getting situated to make it a whole lot easier for them. To, for, the, for those that are soldiers that have families, I'm making it easier for you to do what your career base is and I can help your family get your home set up and you don't have to worry about them. I got you. 
That's dope, man. Let's go to work, man. Let's, let's be great. As my brother, as my little brother, again, I'm going to plug him. I-T-S-J-O-E-D-E-M-P-S-E-Y.com. It's Joe Dempsey. He's got a slogan, be great. Check out his website. That's where we are right now. Be great. I'm going to even plug y'all on my next one. As a, as a military child, you know, as Dre and Joe growing up around military bases, one thing with Memorial Day coming up, it didn't matter what city I lived in other than when I was overseas, I see how our vets are treated when they're done being soldiers. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm working on a game plan. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a hands-on guy. If any of y'all have seen HGTV, you may have seen Tiny Homes. One thing about the military, you've learned to be real comfortable in tiny spaces. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking for a lot. I'm using my business with, like I said, with utilities and everybody. Everybody wants free promotion without having to spend money. I'm working on something. I plan on starting in Charlotte, but I'm working on something to get some acreage and start developing tiny homes that I can use towards these military vets. Because a lot of them, I'm going to be for real. I'm going to just tell you where I'm at right now. In Charlotte, one bedroom is easily $1,400 for some small square footage. Mm -hmm. What you don't understand is a lot of people are homeless right now, not because they want to be homeless. They can't afford them. And especially these vets who are waiting for that VA check or whatever to come in, I'm doing something with my time because I'm not promised tomorrow. And when I go, despite the mistakes I made in my past, I want people to be like, yo, he did something with the rest of that time. He, yeah. he was for real about it. Yeah, He got into it. He, he made his mark. You know, my, my business is I can pass it down to generations. So I can give it to my son's son. You know, there's nothing better than that. You know, when I'm gone, my son and his kids take care of it. Right. So, ladies and gentlemen, listen. This is your Uncle Joe. You got two men here in the room that decided that they they didn't want to work for somebody else. And instead of waiting, they did something. It can maybe not be your job. Maybe it can be your relationship. Maybe it can be whatever it is. But you have the ability, as long as you're able to get up, to do something with your life. Stop letting everybody else control what you want to do with your life. If there's something in your life that doesn't make you happy, Dre will tell you all the time. Dre, what's your slogan about people in marriages? That <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the slogan is. What is it? <laughs> when people ask you, how do you do it, Dre? You be like, why? How come you're not doing it? Right, exactly. I do, man. <laughs> like, Dre, come on. Stick yeah, with so, me, so, man. So, no, they go. I was, was, was setting you up, man. I'll set you up. No, I don't know. I, I, I say a lot of shit, man. And, and apparently, you're supposed to dunk it. And apparently, right? they, they don't like it, so you know. But, uh, but that's yeah, real, man. I, you know, you couldn't say it best, man. Be great, y'all. And, like, don't let your circumstances uh, start your outcome. You can change whatever outcome you is, you, you're having. We got people on here, man, that, that you know, have children and, you know, they worried about, man, if you want romance, find romance. That's you facts. want a better job, find a better job. You, you want happiness, you know, again, get happiness. Yeah. And if happiness ain't in where you at right now, move. That's right, man. Happiness ain't at your job, quit. People are still being hired during the pandemic and they won't keep hiring. Absolutely, absolutely. So, 
I don't yeah, got nothing else, man. Hey, damn! Well, I got one question, man. Well, I got Go probably a couple questions, man. So, Go for it, Drew. Um, how how um, how long has it been since you've been out, man? Um, I got out um July eleventh, two thousand and six. Okay, bet. Yeah. So, okay. So, what's that? It's been um sixteen. Yeah, that was about sixteen, sixteen years, something like that. Hey man, so um, first and foremost, man, I want to commend you, man, on just doing the work after. I mean, cause, I mean, let's just be realistic about this shit, man. I mean, there's niggas out here who ain't never been to prison. No, you could, you know, you could. There's uh, there's niggas out here who ain't who ain't never been to prison, and will um, who ain't never fucking been to prison, and will let some uh, like you know a minor incident derail them and and uh. And take them um, on a different route, man. So, for you, man, I gotta commend that, man. I mean, I mean, let's just call a spade a spade, nigga. Like you was dealt, a, you was dealt a difficult hand, right? And that hand, that hand that you was dealt, you could have folded at any time, man. You could have folded at any time. You could have hung some shit up. You could have just let that whole, just whole situation derail you from, um, from you know, from being great. I mean, for lack of a better term. From being great. So my question to you, man, is like, what was the one thing that helped you get through that, man? Just that one thing that that you knew. Because it, it takes a, it takes a special type of person to. To to like for myself, man, you know, you know, my story, you know, the shit I've been through. But for me, man, I just always knew that. My destiny was better than than what it was you know what i mean i always knew that i knew he's like i just knew that the shit that that that, that hand that i was dealt that shit wasn't meant for me the fucking hood wasn't meant for me the drugs wasn't meant for me prison wasn't meant for me gang life that shit wasn't meant for me so you being dealt this hand and and so what my thing was the thing that kept me going always was i always thought it was it, um someone was going someone was going through worse than i was and that's what that's really, really kept, kept me like, 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 yo, yeah, I was dealt this hand, but this motherfucker over here probably going through this, yeah. you know, this person over here going through that. So that's the shit that kept me on my straight and narrow, man. What was that one thing for you that just kept you going? Um, it's really, it's like you said, it's that simple. I, despite what happened to me, I knew my upbringing, mm -hmm. you know, um, my mom only has two brothers, but she had a lot of sisters. My grandmother only has two brothers, but she has a lot of sisters. Mm -hmm. So I grew up around some strong women that mm -hmm. brought me up. A lot of strong faith believing women. And um, the uncles that I had, and, and I mean, shout out to you, I, like, I was around some good folks. Even, you know, you've heard the story, what Joe was going through with his mom, mm -hmm. you, know, you hear my story now. Mm -hmm. Like, I was around some good folks. We, we all had our flaws, but we still smiled about stuff. Right. So when I did go through what I went through, it was like, this ain't the end of me. Mm -hmm. This is a chapter. Mm -hmm. Turn the page. Mm -hmm. And as y'all see sitting over here, that's, that's my best page right there. Yeah. You know, happily married. Shout out Salute. to my wife, Tim. <laughs> Listen's gonna love that. Hey, salute. Hey, I'm not I'm not in here in no sweatpants. Uh, hey, this is not 
This is not Velvet Jones. Hey. This is not Silky Smooth. This is uh, Mr. Dempsey. Hey, Happy Mr. Dempsey. So, hey, man, man. Man. <laughs> love the nice voice and all that. I hate to tell you, it belongs to somebody. She, <laughs> hey, she has my red-nosed pit bull. She fight. Here's <laughs> the thing. I'm, I, you right. I should blame on the sis Tammy. She ain't got no sisters. See, that's the problem. Yeah, it's hey, yeah, man. It's her fault. It's her fault. Me and Dre belong hey, to the streets. Hey, man. <laughs> I tried, man. You know, I'd have helped out. Look, I'm going to shoot one more plug. She ain't got her business out there yet. We're still working out some kinks. If you eat anything in my wife's house, I promise you, you'll stop eating it or whatever restaurant you had it at. Shout out to my boy Demons. He will, he will co-sign. Yeah, you vouch for that, huh? Yeah, look, hey, hey man, you know I thought I had no questions. But I do. <laughs> I'll at me, cause you know these the ladies love a good love story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You how did you, how did you meet your wife? Oh, this is the best. This I'm not gonna ask best. dates because I ain't gonna get you hey, in trouble, no, man. No, no, you still no, no. gotta drive your own car. This is the best. I'm gonna crack. I'm gonna crack a little joke. Oh man. So, sis, cover there close. Again, he gotta get this right. He got again. My my um my little bro JoJo Joseph Joe Dempsey. He has a female, one of his best friends, Miss uh, Cindy Lou. I'll just call her Cindy Lou. Um. At the time, my wife was um, one of the managers of the retail store that primarily wears red. You know, there's one that wears blue and there's one yeah, that wears yeah, red yeah, in, yeah. in the United States. Yeah, she yeah. was the manager. We, we don't give, basically, you know, we don't give free plugs unless they want to sponsor. <laughs> um, you know who you are, red wearing company, a cup of Joe with Dre. Is looking for your sponsorship. That's right. Let's go. Your shirts and your stores. They ain't going to the so, bullseye. Um, <laughs> Cindy drove a bucket. For those who um, don't live in the South or don't know what a bucket is, that is yeah. a car that is struggling to be alive. It was factory everything. Somebody had the audacity to be practicing auto theft. I say practicing because they broke into Cindy's car and they took the factory's radio out. <laughs> Ain't Interesting. No, like factory radio. Like it, didn't, it wasn't even digital. I'm talking like almost analog. You gotta turn the button. So she called me and she was like, yo, my car got broken into. Me laughing. You know me, I cracked jokes. I'm like, yeah, you lying. There ain't no way in hell somebody broke into your bucket. So she was like, I said, what they steal? She said, they stole my radio. All right. So I said, I'm on my way up there. Um, so I had this little transistor radio to take like some double A batteries. I grabbed that little transistor radio <laughs> and I grabbed some duct tape. <laughs> so I pulled up and at the time my uh, beautiful wife was staying behind because as a manager of the place that wears the red shirts, you can't leave none of your employees out in the parking lot. So, you know, I pull up at this time. I was, uh, man, I miss her. Shout out to my Cadillac, uh, Goldie. I miss you. We had some good times. <laughs> well, you know, I pull up in uh, in the uh, Cadillac, bumping my music, looking suave and debonair, pop out cracking jokes. Yo, Cindy, they stole your radio. I brought you a radio. It was garbage that they stole. This is probably better than what you got. We're going to duct tape it to your stern wheel, and it'd be that. Well, for those who listen to this amazing podcast, there's an acronym called GRITS. And it stands for Girls Raised in the South. Um, girls Raised in the South eat better. 
than California women. No, no disrespect to y'all. Y'all are a little more uh, <laughs> health conscious. <laughs> Girls raised in the South have collard greens and cornbread, macaroni and cheese, pork chops, and things like that in their in their lineage. And it, it tends to help them fill their genes out. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, at, at this particular time, she was not my wife, and I was a single man. You know what my background is now. Uh, hey, I was I was not too far out. You know, my my testosterone was was pumping, and I was I was ogling the rump roast <laughs> that was packed inside those khakis, <laughs> and I had to know the you know the bio on that woman. <laughs> so I went to Cindy and um. She gave it a little thing, and it, it kind of turned into a little exchange of numbers and going to a high school football game, and I went over her house, and this is how they get us, ladies. So those of you who are single, who are trying to figure out how to get Joe and Dre, <laughs> if you really know how to handle yourself in the kitchen, and you can cook them something that makes them question their mother or grandmother <laughs> or whoever it was was their favorite cook. What was the meal? Man, it was Georgia sliced thick bacon. It was a breakfast for kings. It, it was Game of Thrones worthy. <laughs> I, I felt like Daniel the Fourth of the Isle of Dempsey in Carolina when I ate that breakfast. And to be honest, man, we just it. I was honest. She was honest. She was coming out of a relationship. I had a few little fresh out flings that wasn't serious. And we told each other, like, look, I'm not looking for a relationship. It's just, hey, somebody to just, hey, but let's go to movies. Let, let me just stop real quick. Let me say this. Ladies, I'm going to say this to you because dating is not a relationship. There is a getting to know process. Dre can vouch for me. He, yes. he, you know Dre's work. It was a serious dating thing. It, there was no commitment. It, it wasn't, it's just me and you from here on. It was literally dating. Like getting right. to know each other, laughing and joking, and it was good. And it was it was good to like, we were straight. I didn't need nothing else. She didn't need nothing else. And, hey, one thing turned to another, and we was rocking. And now we in Charlotte business owners and built a brand new house and coming and visiting this dope-ass podcast and kicking it with our boys. Two, two things I've learned from this story. <laughs> hey, Dre, we should have been at Target long time. Mean, excuse me, the Red Place. No plugs. The Red Place. The, the Red Place. Yeah. Long time ago. And B, we get because the dip over here, a.k.a. Poo, a.k.a. Double D, we're going to be getting all kind of lunch offers. And hey, hey, I so hey, appreciate hey, it. Hey, I so no, appreciate no, it. No, no, sir. Velvet Jones and Silky Smooth no, no, is no, going to sir. get some meals. No, sir. No, be like Grubhub up in there. You don't get deliveries. Nope. No. I've learned my lesson, man. I dated a Creole girl before, and she tried to make me eat some food. And dang on it. I was in love. <laughs> so I ain't need you cooking. Don't fix me nothing. Don't bring me nothing either. Hey. <laughs> Shout out to that boy, Demons. He would tell you, man. Demons is so cold with it. My boys came over to the house and, and made a plate that didn't make sense. Have you ever seen somebody eat like pork chops with spaghetti, with uh, steak, with fried chicken, with green beans? Like two in the morning, all I heard was ding. 
She put her foot in it. I just yeah, put it like that. Up, man. Look, good, when she good. make you question your mama's food, what have you been doing my whole life? <laughs> <laughs> Sabotage. <laughs> this is not sweet potato pot. This is not how I eat. <laughs> hey, you know it. It's a sign from God. <laughs> yeah, well, life change. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's dope, man. That's dope, man. So, in in, in conclusion, man, um, I know I speak for Joe as well, man. Um, just thanks, man. Thanks for the story, man. Thanks for sharing your story with us, man. With our with our listeners, man. Um, hey, man. Triple salute to you, man, man. Because like I said, we you could have went any old route that you wanted to go, man. And um, you chose to believe in yourself for one, man. And, and like your like your brother's brand said, you chose to be great, man. And um. That's real commendable, man. So, like I said, man, I take my hat off to you, man. Salute, triple salute to you, um, triple salute to your wife, man, for um, for being there for you, man, and um, just man, hey baby, just uh, you know, when when two when two real ones get together, man, I mean, ain't no fucking, ain't no denying that type of shit, bro. And that energy, and that energy don't lie, man. So, man, like I said, man, I appreciate you, man, and um, like I said, thanks for sharing your story with us, man, and our listeners, man. You know, I, like, I I just shot your message. I told you, man. Anytime y'all wanted, if I was in the area and I could get on this, man. Look, yeah. everybody got a story to tell. Yes, sir. It's that serious. Everybody yes, got a story to tell, and it's whether you choose to tell it or mm-hmm. you gonna let somebody else tell it for you. Mm-hmm. And I I assure you, if you let them tell it for you, it's gonna be a lot of stuff wrong. Mm-hmm. You heard what Joe said at the beginning. You know. From Joe's stories, I had a body. <laughs> I'm still in there. Murder right, charge. Right, right. I'm, I'm El Capo in there. Yeah, yeah. Big time hitman. <laughs> right. Wasn't true. Nah, yeah, man. Because somebody else was out there trying to tell my story. I was right. something that they hadn't even been through. It didn't go anywhere. Yeah, man. So, yeah, man. It, anytime, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Once once this uh, little pandemic thing, you know, get on around, like I said, man, y'all come to Charlotte. Absolutely, y'all show mobile. We can do this for them. Pandemic yes, thing. Sir, yeah, Stop yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, we, we gonna be out. Yeah, yeah. But long we the streets, burger the joints. Look, we got burger <laughs> joints. You hey, can get hey. Chilean sea bass. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we got both of y'all. You trying to get hey, both of hey, us? Hey, huh? hey, yeah, yeah, Chilean yeah, yeah. sea bass <laughs> and yeah, gourmet burgers. Hey, I, that's I what I'm talking about. I'm just proud of you, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? More than anything, because, like I said. I could, I seen the movie pretty much almost from the beginning. Yeah. And just to see like how you, regardless of whatever step in your life, you always just have like a positive outlook. You were always happy. You were always excited about life. Yeah. And just to see like the growth of who you are. And then for you to settle down. <laughs> and then we got to the point when I did meet your wife. Because when I found out she's your wife, I was just like, if this dummy loses her, he's going to be a fool. For the record, uh, she used to check Joe for not getting in touch with me when he's supposed to. And he used to say, I know. I know, sis. I'm going to call my boy. But that, that just lets you know how great of a woman he has. And for them to link up and be who they are, you know what I mean? It inspires me that I may one day <laughs> find my match. So... Let me let me add this. Oh, here he go. I, and I'm I'm gonna be strictly honest. Here he go. And this is what I can say about my wife. A lot of people start these relationships, and they they start these relationships, seeing what the flaw is or what the character is, 
with the intention of I can change that. I can mm-hmm. fix that. And then it'll be perfect. Whether it's the guy trying to change the woman or the woman trying to change the guy, I can honestly say that my wife allows me and has allowed me to be me. To show you how honest I am, like she tells her own her her coworkers, he's an asshole, but he's my asshole. If he's nice to you, because he's not gonna jeopardize the money in my job, but try me and see how he treats you. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the honest to God truth. You're you're out here. Let me be. Look, there you ain't gonna no, put that cuss word on my sis either. There, so there is. We'll no just say Mr. that you said that. She said you're a jerk. <laughs> there is no Mister Right. There is no Miss Right. If you're, ladies, look, stop sitting on the sidelines waiting waiting for the NBA player, the the NFL player, the the young immature rapper. Mm-hmm. The dude that you honestly need is probably right there in your face. Yep. But you're so worried because right now he's pushing a Honda instead of a Lambo mm-hmm. SUV. And I take more pride in knowing that she had far more than what I had at my point in life when we got together. And you see us now, and yeah, we doing it because we built something together. Mm-hmm. I, hey, you, you, y'all, my boy Dre, like I told you before, if you if you Joe's brother, you my brother. Absolutely. Y'all. Absolutely. Look, ladies, they not saying the relationships ain't gonna never come, but you gotta come with your A game for my brothers. You gotta come with your A game. This guy's pretty good. This guy's pretty good. I'm glad I didn't stop you. Keep going. (laughs) You can't promote the sweatpants or fall for the the, the silky smooth or Velvet Jones voices and think that that's just going to fool these brothers. They're on a mission right now. Absolutely. So if you're not adding to that mission, don't waste their time. Dre ain't female bashing. You've heard his story. Dre been through some shit, so he's not falling for shit. Yes, yes, sir. You heard Joe's entanglement. You've heard Joe's other testimonies and stuff about children. You got to come with your A game. Not saying that you got to be perfect. I'm just saying come with what your A game is. And then when you get together, you make an A plus game. And then you got to call Sis Tammy. And then you got to get some recipes going. And then you got to sneak attack us with a good beer. No, no, no. Let me tell you about my wife. Let me tell you about my wife and how my wife is about my brothers. And and Joe, you've been a brother. And and Dre, you're a brother now. I appreciate that, man. My wife is going to do the intel because she is still a woman. So if, if you... If you start kikiing and ha ha on too many comments on their page, <laughs> you better make your page private. Because she's going to go and start doing the details. Yeah, so she's going to give that. a report to them boys. She's going to say, hey, did you know that she was uh, shaking something strange for that change last Thursday while she telling you she was at Bible study on Wednesday? Hey, she's going to investigate. So my, hey. my brothers know hey, man, I'm straight. So salute, salute to your you, wife. If you're salute. straight with me, she's going to do the intel. So don't, so like I said, don't, don't come with that, that half-ass game. No, man, I had to avoid her for a whole minute. Oh, yeah, I knew you was every running. Time, she told me. <laughs> told you was running from Every her. time she'd be like, uh, you call my you, you call you, you call, you you call, call Dip? You called D? I'm like, man. <laughs> She's like, you need to call him. I'm like, hey, okay. No. Okay. <laughs> let me say this. I but, was but, I was hurt. But but I hold was on. hurt on what? Let, let me just say this first. What are the excuses you gave her? <laughs> 
You said, sis, I'm not in the club like that no more. Like, damn, I ain't my brother being, bruh, at that time period, I had set club, I had set foot in the club. We stopped going to the club because, as I said, I'm a respect person. I give you the utmost respect first. We've been it clean. You know how disrespectful some of them soldiers Yeah, been. man. And I, I told you, the rump roast is what attracted me. <laughs> and there was a couple that tried to get disrespectful. And, and I, I was still on parole. And I didn't need to violate. And I didn't need to air out a whole club. Right. So we knew where the boundaries were and where not to go. So I, I will say to my brother Joe, I was, I was offended to be stereotyped. <laughs> But I forgave you out of love because I know you knew no better. <laughs> well, I appreciate you on the air that you forgave me. I'm, I'm sorry. Of my heart. I apologize. I forgave you. You know, I'm going to say I'm sorry. I never say I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I had misjudged you at that time. Yeah. Man. I was no longer a member of Lovers of Five. <laughs> hey, Joe, man. Any shout outs, man? <laughs> Since your feelings hurt, shout out to Tammy, man. Shout out to Sis. I don't care about this dude. Shout out to Sis, man. No, man. Uh, shout out to Sis anyway. Uh, shout out to your mom, uh, your pops. Rest yeah, in peace, man. man. They do. They do. Um, shout out to D. Shout out to. Uh, since, we, since you already told the story, I can't even say his name. What you call him? What, Space Cowboy? Space Cowboy. He know who he is. He got his story. He's back in Texas, ladies and gentlemen. He will be on this podcast. I can guarantee it. Yes. Space Cowboy. Space Cowboy. Shout out to Diddy. Uh, shout out to JC. That's it. Uh, yeah, that's it. Shout out to Willow Springs. Shout out to Kaleem. Hey, Deb, you got any shout-outs, bro? Yeah, most definitely. Um, first and foremost, um, shout-out to that, the beautiful lady right there. Hey, baby, I see you. Shout-out to everybody. You know, the class of 94 through 97, 98, Central Texas, man, we was, we, we was all coming through the same thing together, man. We, we was a great – we set the boundaries of what Central Texas is now. These kids run around, don't know it. They don't realize just how desolate Central Texas area was before they now take over. We had nothing. We made a lot out of nothing. Absolutely. So shout out to you know those, those classes. Um, shout out to my son Jewel. Um, his birthday is tomorrow. Hey, happy He's, birthday! Um, doing this thing in Mexico, boy. Don't make me have to get with the federalities to come look for you. Shout out to my um, my nephew Jamarion Dempsey. Ulysses Trinity High School, about to walk that stage tomorrow. I'm so proud of you, dude. Um, and last but not least, like I said, I talked about the business. Um, if you're not already friends with me on Facebook, send me a message. Daniel Dempsey, can't miss me. I'm on there with my mask on, you know, being COVID protected. If you really want to change your life, like for real, change your life. I'm not looking, like I said before, I don't rock with nobody that try. I'm doing, it's a do. If you're really trying to change your life, I'm not going to give you my business right now because I'm not going to waste my time. I'm going to tell you, I, I'm going to make you do some work. It's like how Joe and Dre say, hit the share button. Yeah. Send me a message. If you're, not, if you're not looking me up on Facebook under Daniel Dempsey, like I said, definitively underscore Dempsey. On Spell Instagram. it to him because you know this. D not everybody's A students on this. And listen to us. D-E-F. 
<laughs> I-N-I-T-I-V-E-L-Y underscore Dempsey, D-E-M-P-S-E-Y. Shoot me a message, comment on something. I'll shoot you a Zoom link. I will really show you what's changing my life and my wife's life and my kid's life. Get you off that linear. Let's get on some residual income. Be on vacation and get paid like I do. It's just that simple. And um, last but not least, shout out to the dopest up-and-coming podcast in the world, A Cup of Joe with Dre. Big shout out to South Africa, man, the new people. Hey, Absolutely. I promise you, if y'all invite them there, they coming. Absolutely. I will come with them. Uh, look. <laughs> we do a lot of podcasts. Said, I'm glad you said that. I'll be in some South Africa now. I Absolutely. Gotta go to Malaysia. <laughs> Come Absolutely. on, Malaysia. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So for me, man, shout out to my daughters, Alexa, Aurelia, and Ava. I appreciate you guys. Love y'all. Um, let's see. Um, at Cup of Joe with Dre, that's the handle for Facebook and Instagram. You can follow us on, or listen to us rather on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google Play, the whole nine, everything. We own everything. So, um, Let's see, man. Shout out to my man, uh, Demp, man. Appreciate you coming through. Shout out to Miss Tammy. I just met her now. I haven't, I haven't even officially met her, but she in the building. So shout her out, man. Shout out to the whole Dempsey family. May your pops rest in peace, bro. Um, what else, man? Um, to the listeners, man, we appreciate y'all, man. South Africa, we appreciate the look. Um, shout out to my boy, Bullethead. Shout out to my man, Diddy, out in Vegas, both of y'all. Um, keep holding shit down. Um, Shout out to all my, shout out to all the loved ones, man. Um, shout out to the listeners. Uh, what else? <clears throat> shout out to all the graduates, man. A lot of y'all graduating um, this weekend, next weekend, all that good shit, man. Um, I'll be there in December. Thank you, Jesus, because I need to finish this shit, bro. Uh, but shout out to y'all, man. Salute all the um, high school graduates, college graduates out there graduating around this time, man. Um, that's a hell of an achievement, man. Keep going. Keep following your dreams. Um, and shit, man. Live your life, man. That's it. That's all I got. Joe, hey, you already know what it is. Y'all know what to do. Thank y'all for coming out. God bless. Good night. It's Cup of Joe with Dre. We out. <laughs>